This podcast is brought to you by JList.com. Right now on JList.com, they have their August snack boxes. You can get a taste of Japanese culture with with JList snack boxes, traditional treats, trendy snacks, even convenience store exclusives. They can all be within your reach so you can see what makes Japanese snacks so special. The snack box this month includes items including Haichu, two melon flavor, Tommy Yum Nuts, pineapple candy, Ramune, Conro Jelly Pure Gummy Lychee Flavor, and literally dozens more. So head over to JList.com and check out these snack boxes, and you won't be disappointed. This podcast is also brought to you by Bookwalker. At Bookwalker, you have access to loads of digital manga and light novels. Download the app onto your mobile device and read your manga and light novels anywhere. You can also read free monthly mangas, get exclusive titles that are only available on Bookwalker, get exclusive digital bonuses such as wallpapers, interviews, short stories, and more. They also have a coin reward program so that every purchase you will get you closer to getting a free book. They have their Japanese site at bookwalker.jp and English titles at global.bookwalker.jp. You can start up a new account and get $6 off your first purchase using our promo code AAAPOD. That's AAAPOD to get $6 off your first purchase. The account is free and there are no monthly fees, so sign up and start reading. And now it's time to start the podcast. And there are, a lot of them are based after Greek gods. So there's like Hestia is the main one, and then there's Apollo, and there's a whole bunch of others. Apollo, he he wants to he wants to tie Bell to his bed and just lick his feet. Like it's totally weird. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Welcome, everybody, to the 484th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, where our sole mission is dedicated to making your anime addiction worse. I'm your host, Mitsugi, and I am joined by some lovely people, some fellow anime addicts. We have the wonderful Mandy in Cincinnati, where I'm guessing it's still boiling hot. Mandy, how are you? Hi, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. It is not, but when say boiling hot, we're at 85. Hot, hmm. not boiling though. Not, not quite boiling. And we also, we also have Mason who is uh, chilling up in uh, in the pool party land up in uh, Connecticut. <laughs> yes, indeed. Pool party land. Pool pa- party island of Connecticut, despite it being can, almost surrounded by other <laughs> land. If you uh, <laughs> if you get our hobby addicts episodes, you can listen to Mason's dedication to that pool party life because he discussed a pool party that he went to. Speaking of hobby addicts, you can get the hobby addicts, the hentai episodes, the after parties, up to eight additional podcast episodes per month, which will inevitably help make sure that this podcast continues to run quite well over at aaapodcast.com slash join. You can help us out and we will help you out by uh, inundating you with more podcast episodes than you can possibly handle. So head over to aaapodcast.com slash join. We're also on Facebook. 
can find us there. We're on Discord. If you go to the website, along the top, there's a button that says the Join Discord. You can join our Discord channel where we have something like 1,400 people in there now, and there is a lot of stuff going on in the Discord. We have the Health Club. Mason, what's going on with the Health Club? Health Club, I am putting my foot down, people. Oh, uh, shit. In the show, all the ladies have finally showed up, and that means... I'm making all the participants for this club show up. So if you want to join, I'm putting a deadline. This is your last week from the time that this is released to uh, get on board. So do it. Quit making excuses. <laughs> Very bad. Very bad news for those of you that haven't signed up yet. So get over to the health club. We also have Mandy's Manga Club, which is always, always exciting. I was actually on the Discord during the last Manga Club. I wasn't in the Manga Club. I was watching anime with somebody else. But uh, it looked very exciting, very lively, I would say. So, Mandy, how's, mm-hmm. how's the Mario Club going? It's doing all right. Last week we did Battle Angel Alita, which was a lot of fun. Um, we had a lot of opinions that went from it was pretty good to it was pretty damn good. So, oh, okay, <laughs> pretty much. Overall, pretty. Yeah, overall pretty positive on Battle Angel Alita. Good, good. The next manga is Nausicaa, mm. and that will take place on the 21st of August, I, in two I, weeks. I have a feeling that you're going to be getting more of the pretty damn good variety for Nausicaa, so... We'll see. Yeah. I hope so. You can enjoy Miyazaki's art. And, of course, we have the Anime Club, which is Icy Rose's baby. They're going to be watching Chihaya Fudu this Wednesday, which... Yes. This podcast episode will come out on Wednesday night, so... Um, yeah, little... But if you're listening live, you listening should come live, re- yeah. watch the first five episodes. That's right. And come talk about what tai- why Tai Chi is best boy. Mm-hmm. That's right. Of course. <laughs> uh, guys... uh, Snow Maru is the best girl, though. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, we can agree, we can agree on that, I guess. Because is a jerk. <laughs> Before... I'm excited to, to argue over waifus and husbandos. Mm. It's a very important uh, subject of, of debate, I will say. That's, it is, uh, yeah. Battle lines so, will be drawn. Mm-hmm. Lines in the mm-hmm. sand. Shots will be fired. Blood will be spilt. Lives will be lost over waifus and husband duels over at the <laughs> anime club on the AAA Discord. Yeah. So, uh, I wanna, before we get started in this literally jam-packed episode, I want to encourage everybody listening to tell a friend. Tell a friend about the podcast. Just uh, spread the love. You know, you've got a friend who watches anime and they, they have a, a boring job and they need to... They need something, I mean, something like 90% of Americans don't like their jobs, which is believable, sadly, a sad thing, but it's believable. And so, you know, you need a little something to get you through your day. And I'm telling you right now, you can share us with a friend, we'll get another listener, your friend will have some entertainment, it'll all be good. So tell a friend. Today on the podcast, we're doing Kyoto Animation's Appreciation, it's the KyoAni Appreciation Hour, we'll call it, where we're going to be sort of celebrating KyoAni. It's, it's not going to be like a depressing thing where we talk about, you know, all the tragedy that's happened. You know, we all know what happened. But I think we'd rather honor KyoAni by talking about the happy things. So we're going to yeah, be talking about KyoAni. Straight positivity. That's right. And then we're going to be wrapping up our impressions. So we have two more possible impressions from the summer season. And the five shows that we're picking from are Yami Shibai Season 7, Bem, Don Machi Season 2, Try Nights and Mo Dao Zushi Season 2. So we're going to be lots of sequels in there. We're going to be getting to all of that later on. But for now, it's time to start. Does anybody have any uh, other notes they want to throw down before we jump right in here to the to the main topic or to the big news of the week? 
Um, my because Moda Azushi was season two was my very first pick when we started. Then I switched it to Case Files, the Fate spinoff. So just to let everybody know, I did switch it back because the episodes did come out of Moda Azushi. In case you're wondering, that's right. Okay, let's get started. It's time for big news of the week. Boy, um, our 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 boy Icy Rose has been wanting us to talk about this for a while. <laughs> Definitely, uh, the Australia Australia wins the World Cosplay Summit for 2019. Is this the first time they've done this cosplay summit? No. Okay, it's not the first. It's not the first annual. I thought I thought this mm-hmm. was the first time they they had done it. No. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Well, there's, there was a World Cosplay Summit, and Australia took first place with their Monster Hunter costumes. The uh, The costumes are, are just insane. I mean, I don't know what else to say about them, but I mean, they did win a worldwide cosplay contest, so you'd kind of expect the, the, cos- the cosplay to be pretty good. And um, there's a skit online as well that includes a fight scene between the two hunters from Monster Hunter, and also a boss fight, I guess, with a dragon, yeah. with, a, with, a, with a monster. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah the so winners are known as... Go ahead. I was going to say the World Cosplay Summit uh, started back in 2003, and it's been annual ever yeah. since. So it's uh, it's on its first rodeo. Okay. No. So the winners are Kay and, and Weedu. So you can follow them on Twitter um, and get a look at their cosplays online. So it's not real hard to find it, you know, just type in World Cosplay Summit. Second place went to the USA. Third place went to France. And I guess the finals took place in Nagoya. So it only makes sense that they'd have the cosplay championships and chip in Japan, I would think. So what do you guys know about this? Do you guys cosplay? No, I haven't. But um, I know Icy does. Icy's put up a lot of pictures yeah. of his cos- different cosplays. He cosplays... Um, was it with your wife, Icy? He'll let me know in the yes, chat. Yes, I'm is. pretty sure. It yes, is. It is. I believe so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I just want to make sure that I got that right. He's our resident <laughs> Kirito. Yeah. He's done some yes, JoJo cosplay, right. I know. Mm-hmm. He's done all kinds yep. of good stuff. Icy Rose, definitely experienced. Preliminary rounds to determine each country's representatives are held at various cons throughout the year. So the USA's preliminary round was the Anime Expo last month, which determined the, uh, the, the, rep, the reps from the US, Australia's, was at Smash, which Icy Rose attended. And, yeah, he uh, did. So that's pretty cool. So the World Cosplay, mm-hmm. Cosplay Summit is, is an international cosplay event where the best cosplay duos from from around the world compete and, um, you know, to see who's the best in the world. So, and uh, pretty cool. I, I, I like that. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I like that since 2009, apparently they've had a lot of famous um, say you have been judges. So, um, Toru Furuya, who did, who was in, um, Mobile Suit Gundam, he's been a judge, and past judges have included Leiji Matsumoto, I don't know who that is, um, Monkey Punch was apparently a judge in the past. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So Hironobu they... Kagayama. Oh, shit. Um, so yeah, we, uh, I watched through some of these. I see in our show notes, if you have, um, if you're, uh, subscribed to us, you can get access to our show notes and there's tons of links to ev- almost every um 
performance that happened, but I highlighted some of the ones I thought were the coolest. The uh, Monster Hunter one and the second place winner, which was the Bloodborne skit, and the third place winner, which was um, Francis Hyrule Warrior. Hyrule Warrior skits. And then there were some other really cool ones. I think, honestly, my favorite was the Sekido one. <laughs> that one was really cool. Yeah. So Leiji Matsumoto is a mangaka. He did like, uh, I oh, think okay. he did, what's one of the big uh, space ones? He did uh, Spaceship Battle Yamato, I believe. Mm. And uh, okay. some big ones like that. But uh, there was like 40 different nations that like competed wow. in 2019. So this is like a That's worldwide crazy. thing. Yeah. They, it's very deserving of the name. Mm-hmm. So interestingly enough, um, the United States, I don't think, has ever won this this uh, competition this last year australia won and in prior years mexico's won china's won uh japan won once brazil's won uh italy but you know japan but usa has never won so we we got to step it up usa's got a second place that's something no no come on now (laughs) no okay i'm sorry second place is just first loser usa we're talking about we need to go for gold icy get on that okay yeah, we gotta. But yeah, if wait, you watch wait, these no, skits, he'll, he'll win really... for not us. No, no, Australia. I see Rose from New Zealand, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, teach, teach me <laughs> your ways. We have no I hope see. then. There's no hope for us then. We're never gonna win, apparently. But the skits are really well done. You should definitely check them out. There's lots of different effects that they do for them. They, these put, people put a, a ton of work into their costumes. Yeah, they're really detailed. It's really, I yeah, I watched through a bunch of these videos and they're really cool. I just don't think it's very likely that if you were to say, oh, which country do you think wins the World Cosplay Summit most frequently out of any country in the world, you would probably guess Japan, and then you'd guess USA, probably. Those would be the top two. Well, you'd be wrong, because Italy and Brazil, no, this isn't soccer, Italy and Brazil (laughs) have won more than any other country, followed by Japan and Mexico and France. So it's just, uh, this goes to show you, cosplay, cosplay, Germany has never won. No, but Germany did Nashika. Did you look at that video? Oh, I didn't, but maybe I should. Mm. They did that one this year. They won winner of Brother Best Costume Award. I'm not sure what that one is, but I'm sure I see. I could definitely tell you if you're interested. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's pretty fun stuff. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I like to um, I like to see people all over the world sort of getting involved and having fun with um, you know their various passions and cosplay is a worldwide thing. Looks like so. Definitely got to get a got got hyped about that. I have done a couple cosplays in my day, but you know nothing very nothing nothing very impressive. So, so when is the AA podcast gonna compete in the World Summit? <laughs> oh, um, well, <laughs> we we have to do a skit together, all of us. Well, you know, <laughs> what if we cosplayed ourselves? And what and what anime would we cosplay? No, we, we would cosplay each other as ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll be mitts. I'll put on a bald cap and, and just do a lot put of push on, like, a giant muscle suit. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and, uh, It'll be great. And Miss can cosplay me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. En- Enzo and I are the same person, so that's an easy, easy swap. And then we just go up on stage and just be our stupid selves. <laughs> I love it. All that's right. the well, kind of cosplay I can get Let's behind. As we often mm-hmm. do, we're going to be doing uh, some. Does Mitsuki's mom know? <laughs> So let's yeah. jump right into our to our little to our to our only our favorite and our only game that we play on this podcast. Let's get started. And meanwhile, you guys can grab the uh, our, our player that's waiting in the. In the I got it. I the, got it in the DMMK waiting room. It's 
It's time for Does Mitsugi's Mom Know? The game show that pits Mitsugi's unassuming mother against anime's most basic questions. Yeehaw. Now, here are your hosts, the Anime Addicts. All right, here we go again with another episode of Does Mitsugi's Mom Know? We are on an unbelievable cold streak here. And who do we have playing with us today? Uh, hello, uh, my name is Bones Tennyson, uh, or at least that's my screen name. Um, I am actually, I just heard about you guys here recently. Uh, wow. My, oh, welcome. Yeah, my friend ended up showing you guys, your, uh, showing me your guys' 300, no, 448th video, and... <laughs> I, I fell in love with the series instantly, and I've been just Aww. having fun watching the series and overall having a good time with it. All right, well, Bones, Welcome. Bones I, def well, thank you. I definitely want wanted you to leave here with at least a Ferrari for winning. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and where are you calling from, Bones? I'm calling from Valparaiso, Indiana. Okay. All oh, right. no. Oh, no. <laughs> my uh -oh. pass is flashing back before my eyes. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, okay. Bones. Well, since you're new, we you. since you're new, I'm going to explain the rules. The rules are that my mother, she knows, because of me and my childhood, she knows, she knows a fair amount about anime, but she doesn't know a lot. So she's kind of a wild card. And your job is to guess whether or not she knows the answers to these very basic anime questions that we're going to ask her. So it's, it's just 50-50 every time. We're going to go through five questions, and if you can get three out of five right, you're going to win. And we will figure out what you get afterwards, but um, I think it'll be fun for you. So do you have any questions? Uh, not really. All right, well, let's do a sample question, my, and uh, we'll, so you can get the idea. In Kiki's delivery service, yeah. Kiki's friend Tomba, the boy, oh. is trying to oh. create what kind of contraption? <laughs> There you go. Does either? I do. Uh, I do not think she will know that one. Those of us that have seen the movie know that it's like a flying machine made out of a bicycle. Kind of cool. Let's see if she knows the answer. In Kiki's delivery service. Yeah. Kiki's friend Tomba, the boy, oh. is trying to oh. create what kind of contraption? <laughs> Some kind of a portable mailbag. <laughs> a portable mailbag? All right. Well, Bones, that, that will be correct, but unfortunately it doesn't count because that was a sample. But um, now we're going to start the real game, so I think you get the idea. So I wish you luck. I hope you win. We need Thank a, you very much. We need, you a need to redeem all the people who have lost before you in crushing defeats. Crushing yes. defeats. We, 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 and then brag. Yeah, that's right. I mean, well, personally, uh, and this is for people who want to do this in the future, uh, I ha already have a slight idea of what I'm getting into. Uh, and <laughs> what I'm what I'm mainly going to be looking for actually is sound cues. Oh shit! From his grandma, and uh, actually listening to the questions themselves. Okay, for sound example, cues. With, for the for example, with the last one, she was like, "Oh," so that kind of let me know she wasn't <laughs> sure whether she knew it or not. All right, well, we'll see if that works for you. All right, you ready to start? Yes. I am. Pikachu, the Pokemon, oh. is based after yeah. what real life animal? <laughs> I, I think she will know it. Okay, so Bones is Bones is putting 
all the faith in my mother and saying that she knows the answer to this question. Mm. Is that right? Sounds like it. All right. Let's, yeah. Let's find out if she knows the answer. <laughs> we all know Pikachu's a mouse. Let's see if my mother knows it. Pikachu, the Pokemon, oh. is based after yeah. what real life animal? Pikachu must be um, fox. Oh, so close. He's a mouse. Oh, ah. oh man, Bones. That was close. Hmm. That right. was close. I still have faith. I would, have, I would have agreed with you on that one, so I would have been wrong too. I have faith mm. in you, Bones, because you're taking like an intellectual strategy to this, so I think, I think you've got this. Are you ready for the next question? Yes, I am. Monster is, is an anime about a man who has what profession at the start of the show? I'm going to go with she does not know this. She does not know that Dr. Kenzo, his name Kenzo? Kenzo Tenma is a surgeon. It's a great that anime, by the way. Will you accept doctor? I will. Okay. So a great anime and an even greater manga, but Bone says she does not know. So let's find out what the answer is. Monster is is an anime about a man who has what profession at the start of the show? He's a doctor. That's right. Yeah. Heck yeah. Oh I man. heard the sound cue the second time. Far. Oh okay. no. All right, Bones. Well, you're not you're not out yet. There's yep. There's epic comeback possibilities now. All you've done is set yourself up for greatness. And we'll see if you can if you can rise to that moment. Are you ready for the next question? Absolutely. What kind of weapon does Kenshin fight with? We all know Kenshin from Promaroni Kenshin fights with a sword. Yep. But I the, think the, she will know that. I think yes. I don't know if you've ever mentioned watching this with your mom. Um I I, I don't know if I I mean, don't I, spoil I, it. I watched it at home, so I don't know, you know, you know, this was like I, a, mean, I think if you asked any person, what does insert name of Japanese protagonist fight with? <laughs> Sword's a pretty darn good guess. So. Yeah, right. Sword's yeah, a I mean, pretty good guess. Right. Most, most characters use a sword, and that's kind of what I'm going off of. All right. Am I locking you in? It's a sword? Yes. She says my mind, I'm going to laugh my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of weapon does Kenshin fight with? I can can visualize it, but I can't think of the name of it. um, Well, describe the shape for me. It's a long (laughs) spear-like... No, no, wait. The star. The Japanese flying star. (laughs) What the hell is a Japanese flying star? A ninja. A ninja. Throwing star, I think, is what she was thinking of. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. My mother is more savage than a Las Vegas blackjack dealer. <laughs> the last three participants, not one has not earned a one, single point off Not her. one correct answer mm-hmm. off my mother. She's pitching, she's pitching a perfect game. But um, Bones, you have lost the game, and I am sorry. But I will give you an opportunity for, for a redemption for no prize by doing the next okay. question. Would you like to do the next question? Sure. You'll probably get you'll probably get this one right now that you've lost. Are you ready? Here we go. <laughs> right. No, that's my luck anyway. So why not? No worries. <laughs> what color is Sailor Moon's hair? I think she knows this one. 
Yeah, so do I. I think she'd know it because that's a pretty popular anime too. So just a bit. But very... there's but there's so many different sailors that she could. That's be true. Misthinking. That is very true. I think she'll know it though. All right, let's find out. What color is Sailor Moon's hair? Blue. No. no wait. No. <laughs> no wait. I can't. Again. I can't guess again. I'll ask you again. What color is Sailor Moon's hair? <laughs> Pink. Nope. Sorry. Oh that was a wild ride. It went down and yeah. up and down and up, and <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. I love it. It's great. <sighs> okay. Well, Bones, you know what? You made our podcast more fun today, and for that, you are you are yeah. already a winner. So I do appreciate you very much. So thank you. And thank you no for problem. listening. Thank you very much no for problem. listening. All right. Thank you guys for creating the podcast. It's a really fun thing to have. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Oh, thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you. Have a good you one. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Mandy and Mason. Yes. yes. We have one more question left. I'm going to play it for oh, you. Oh, no. We would like to go through all the questions here just for fun, for people at home. Of course, okay. of course. Here we go. Here we go. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Chobates yeah. is a Clamp anime done by, done by a group called Clamp. Can you name one other Clamp property? No, 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 no. I'm going to say no. No. Yeah, I was going to say no, too. <laughs> I was saying it first because I lost last week. So I have to say yes? Uh, no, we can both take no on this one. I think we're pretty confident. the only one I could think of that she would know is maybe X, but I don't think that you probably would have mentioned that it's Clamp, so. Yeah, she, she there's no way. She, there's no yeah, way. Yeah, there's really Show no way. It's a Clamp anime done by, done by a group called Clamp. Can you name one other Clamp property? Uh, Fruits Basket. <laughs> no, that's not right, but, that, but that's a really good guess. It was a good guess. Yeah, it if, if feel, I didn't know better, sort of. I would have thought, oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's a tough Not, game. It doesn't have the legs for it. It's a tough game. <laughs> you gotta have clamp legs. <laughs> it's a tough game because she she gets questions that like you know like she gets questions you wouldn't think like people people playing haven't seen Monster and they think well you know oh well she can't know because I don't even know what Monster is or whatever and then boom she gets it <laughs> out of nowhere. So. I know how much you love Monster, yeah. so I would assume you watch. I it think the watch. only way to beat her is to get a mom to call into our show. Who oh can, my god. Who can tap into that mindset? My mom? Neutralize yeah. the mom. We should a have a mom. That would be funny. We should just have hilarious. all our moms do a podcast for us one we week. Should have a, oh my God. Can we have a special edition where it's just our moms podcasting? Uh, well, we do have our, fi- our 500th episode coming up. <laughs> my mom would never do it. <laughs> so, yeah. My mom, my mother did watch all of Monster, and it's like 75 episodes. So, all right. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next segment. That's fun every time, and eventually we will have a winner. But you know, for now, the hunt continues for success. And does Mitsuki's mom know? But do not be do not be deterred, people, from playing because you never yeah. know when you're the one that could be retiring early. With it could be you. Untold Zyhole, which, as Hunter Hunter would say, you know, un, like just wild treasures. Here we go with the next segment. Releases. All right, you guys are driving the car here as you very graciously found some good selections here for this segment. So what do we got? We did. There were so many releases that have come out over the past mm-hmm. week or so. So we, we only decided to select uh, some top tier ones to uh, present to you guys today. But if you're, you know, in the know, you're in the in the group, you get access to the stock, which has a whole cavalcade of announcements listed. Oh, shit. Calvacade. But I think Mandy wants to start oh, off with one that's 
Yes. Right up I her did, I'm really excited about this one. So Hokagu Saikoro Club or After School Dice Club. I'm really excited about this one because it definitely looks like it's up my looks like it's up my alley. So it's a story about a group of girls who play board games together. And it says, in spring of Kyoto, Aya is a high school girl who just moved to a new town. Miki is her shy classmate and her friend and her first friend. Uh, one day after school, Aya and Miki follow the committee president Midori to a specialty board game store, the Dice Club. Without thinking, they try out a German board game together. And so starts their journey of tabletop games. Oh, Lord. And it's being adapted. It's a manga adaptation. And the studio that's adapting it is Linden Films. Um, I watched the trailer for it. It looks really pretty, but um, they the board games that they show are actual board games. Like they have Elfin Land, and they have um, I saw uh, code names in the background. So they're not just making up fantasy games. These are board games that actually exist, which I'm so excited for because I love tabletop games. For anyone who's listened to our hobby addicts, I just went to Gen Con recently and. I used to have a very dedicated uh, gaming group where we'd play board games together every Saturday. Some of those people moved away, so I'm looking for a new group around me, hopefully. But yeah, I, I've i always loved tabletop games, so I'm excited. It's at the top of my list for next month, or next yeah. season. Yeah, and the, and the cover art for it looks beautiful, so yeah, it's pretty exciting. Sai Kotal. All right. All right, uh, what else we got? We have a oh, new, yeah, new version of Blade of the Immortal, which is, I think, a mm -hmm. manga from that ran like through the '90s and 2010s and or 2000s, and that was that's a phenomenal manga. Have you ever read it? Yeah. It is. No, I have not, but I know of it. But uh, it was it was at one time adapted in like 2008 by Production IG in what seemed to be like a so-so anime, but. Uh, there's a new version of it, also done by Linden Films, coming out next season. And I guess I haven't seen the PV, but the, the art that is shown here looks pretty darn stylish and cool. And, I mean, it's a classic samurai tale of swordsman who is blessed with, like, eternal life. And they need to, like, he, like, makes a pact with a, a young woman. And they set out to, like, kill a thousand evil souls. And it's just an epic, violent fest that uh, is going to be... a ton of fun i think yeah i remember that when i was in college this manga was big i mean it was big they were translating it and it was coming out here and everybody was reading it and they were talking about it and so like in the name of and the name is pretty badass so like oh for sure you know i never forgot the name of it and i haven't read it but i'm excited to be able to watch it now so i'm looking forward to that for sure that's pretty cool yeah and someone, samurais are samurai are badass yeah if someone approached you on the street and said you want to see this new thing called Blade of the Immortal, you sign up instantly. That just sounds like a good time. And uh, I'm glad because the, the story should get more recognition, especially how good the manga was. So hopefully this uh, redeems it a bit. But we're not done yet with this segment, are we? No, because next year, spring of 2020, uh, the new Shirobako movie uh, got a trailer that came out and we got more information about know when it's going to be released in theaters and all that stuff but this is a sequel to pa works phenomenal show from what was it 2017 when oh my was, god i hope mm. not i hope not uh, i think that's that feels like too early for this so no 2014, Whoa, 2014, 2014 way 2014, off 2014, 2014, 
if you haven't watched Shiro Bako, I mean, it's a story about a group of friends and especially one of them who enters the anime industry and it gives you a good behind the scenes look into what a semi-realistic look into what, you know, anime production is like. And it's one of the best shows from that year, probably one of only a couple shows that have ever made me tear up. So if I can't sell a show any more than that, but the movie is coming out and it it's hopefully just more of the same. Honestly, that's all I want from it. Yeah, and when I watched the anime back in the day, what I kept thinking was, mm, "Hey girl, you're looking so fine." Hot. Mm, yeah, because for the, all of them or just a specific one? All of them. Just all of them. Oh, okay. I thought Every I just do that one. when they do that their little like workout dance on the roof. Oh, it's so cute. It's I love that scene. They're all hot. And the best thing about it is that they're all out of college. So they're all like adults. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just like perfect. It's great. I also like that they cover all kinds of different areas of the anime industry. Like, uh, Mangro is like a, um, is she, she's like a manager. She's like I a think? production assistant, I thought. Yeah. But then there's like artists and there's like a 3D artist. And there's also voice a, actress. Say, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. And uh, right, actually, well, one thing I want to bring up, the the outfits in the show are phenomenal. Like, everyone has seen outfits. animes where people wear, like, the same outfit over and over. Yeah. Every, yeah. every character here has a full wardrobe, but then also, uh, like, uses items from their wardrobe again in, like, other pieces and, like, mixes yeah. and matches them in an unbelievably realistic way. And it's super cool to see. And there's donuts. Yeah. Don, 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 donuts. Yeah, so... <laughs> If you liked Soccer Request and for some reason didn't watch this, uh, get on it. All right. Trivia. So we're doing our trivia right now of Anime Dragons. That's the theme that we're doing at the moment. And we just had our third week. So right now we're getting ready to wrap this one up next time. The answer this week was uh, was, uh, Hitsugi no Chaika. A little bit of a tougher question. And the winner for the week is Manly Mudkip. So... Long-time listener from long ago, so they, mm-hmm. yeah, and has won the trivia many times. So um, congratulations for getting that correct, and and we're going to continue our theme with an easier question to, to, to round, round it out. So head over to the website, um, aaapodcast.com. Most people should know the answer to the last question, so you can get your hat thrown into the ring for the trivia. All right, guys, get us out of here. I'll do this uh, in-show weekly trivia question because I actually just finished watching the show a couple days ago. But uh, <laughs> so we're going to ask you a question right now, and you have until the end of the news break to uh, think of the answer. In Beyond the Boundary, or Karno Kyokai, Mirai Kuriyama is from a line of spirit world warriors who possesses special abilities. But what is her blade made out of? Is it wood, souls, blood, or scarlet, crimson, ore? We'll let you know after the break. everybody, Mitsuki's here, and I'm bringing you just what you're looking for. That's it. It's time for your anime news break. 
Well, this time of year and twice yearly, it's Comic Cat season over in Tokyo. That's right, the largest doujinshi convention in the world、It、takes place in Tokyo twice a year. And as such, there are about half a million people that attend throughout the weekend. And Tokusai Tenjijo Station in Odaiba Island turns into the site of pretty much very non Japanese like stampedes and rushing from the station to the convention hall so people can grab things from、uh, dealers before anybody else buys all the stuff and sells them out. And this year, people are taking some pretty humorous stances towards the stampedes with one man. Dressing in a matador costume with a, with a flag that has an anime character on it, waving people through the doors as he sort of, you know, Toro Toros them through the stampede. Pretty funny stuff. If you want to check this out, it's all over Twitter. People also dressing up as cells at work, platelets with their flags to help direct traffic and things like that. So, Comic Head happens twice a year and it's quite a spectacle. If you ever have a chance to go to Japan and experience it, I recommend you do so. Next up, and also Comic Cat related, well, it's summer in Tokyo, which means that it's pretty hot. Every year in Japan, especially last year, there were a lot of cases of heat stroke. And Cells at Work is pairing up with Pokari Sweat, one of the most popular sports drinks in, in Japan, to sort of educate people about the risks of heat stroke and to get people a little more hydrated with Pokari Sweat's ion water and jellies, which they're selling in mass at Comic Cat 96. And there is a Pokari Sweat booth located in the exhibition halls of the Tokyo Big Site where the convention is held. And the people that buy Pokari Sweat will get stickers from Cells at Work, original stickers. So if you're a fan of that, well, I don't know how you're going to get one, but just know that it's pretty cool that Cells at Work is teaming up with companies to help improve the health of those people in Japan during the summer. Next up, some somber but happy news. It looks like a nonprofit in Kyoto has delivered over 50,000. Paper cranes to the remains of the Kyoto Animation Studio One. For those of you that don't know, it is said that when 1,000 cranes are folded and given to somebody, a wish is granted. So the nonprofit organization has delivered 50 times that many to the Kyoto Animation Studio, writing well wishes in both Chinese and Korean on the cranes as well to sort of give hope to those that are from and associated with the Kyoto Animation Studio, which is beloved throughout the world. And lastly, it looks like there have been some clarifications made about the live action Cowboy Bebop series. All of the cast members from the anime have been announced, but there has not been an announcement about Ayn until now. And people were speculating about whether Ayn would be a Welsh corgi as he is in the anime. Well, it looks like the director has cleared this up, and indeed, Ayn will be a Welsh corgi and apparently was always going to be a Welsh corgi. This coming from Christopher Yost. So, rest assured that everything should be in line when the live action Cowboy Bebop releases on Netflix. This was Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break. Now, time to get back to the podcast. Hey, addicts, podcasting is hard. It takes a lot of work, dedication, time, and money to keep the show running the way we want. For all of you wacky anime addicts out there. But even more than all this, it helps to have support from you, the listeners, so we feel the love, but also so we can keep the lights on. If you've been enjoying the podcast and want to support the show, you can head over to aaapodcast.comslash join or Patreon to throw us a couple of dollars. A little bit goes a long way, and we'll reward you with our extra content eight additional episodes of After Parties, Hobby Addicts, and of course, Hentai episodes per month. With all this money, we can buy me a pizza. 
We can make sure Manny never runs out of manga. I can finally buy that pompadour I've always wanted. And I can dig the anime pit of hell just a little bit deeper. Help us stay in business, and we'll help your ear holes with tons of extra content to enjoy. Head over to aaapodcast.com slash join now to support the podcast. And thank you. When it comes to Pokemon, don't mess with Kazuo. I was in sixth grade and I had Pokemon on my Game Boy. I had a Game Boy Pocket, I think, at the time. I was in gym class and we're in the locker room and I'm getting changed. This kid runs by, grabs my Game Boy, and bolts. <gasps> and so I never got it back. Kid stole my Game Boy with my Pokemon in it. So in sixth grade, uh, one of my electives, I was a teacher's assistant. This kid had that teacher. So I basically went, allegedly, went into the computer and wrecked all of his grades <gasps> yes. and oh found his locker combination because the teacher keeps a record of all that, broke into his, allegedly, broke into his <laughs> locker, stole all of his Pokemon cards, which he had a ton of, and took all of his textbooks and threw them away. I think he assumed it was me. We did end up getting to, into a fight later on. <laughs> And he beat his ass. Yeah, yeah, I got into a lot of fights in school. He beat that kid's ass. Didn't yeah, you? yeah, used definitely. To fighting. Back to the show. And we're back. The podcast episode four hundred. Episode four hundred eighty-four of the Animatics Thomas Podcast. Welcome back to the show. It's a good story from Kazuo. I'm glad that uh, Pokemon cards led to an event that could have ruined a child's life. Yeah. <laughs> He fails, uh, he fails third grade, doesn't get into college, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All over Pokemon. All, <laughs> over, some, all over some Charmander and some, uh, yeah. Anyway, let's go through this in-show weekly trivia again. How about that? Yeah, so before the break, we asked, in Beyond the Boundary, Mirai Kuriyama is from a line of spirit world warriors. But what is her blade ma- made out of? Is it wood, souls, blood, or scarlet, crimson, or? Oh, shit. And the answer is blood. Damn, I didn't know that. No? How is have a, you ever seen it? I have not. How uh, is a sword made yeah. out of blood, exactly? Uh, she essentially Liquid. has like a cut in her hand and like look as it like drips out, it solidifies into a little stabby device. And it's into pretty darn story. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Well, now it's time for Mandy's Manga Minute, which has uh, become a very popular segment. I- yeah, I have a cat as well, so you might oh, great. hear her. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, I have a cat as well, too. He is um, literally, like, just laid out all over my bed. He's not coming. Mine he... is drooling on me. So. <laughs> Interesting. All right, let's get right to it. Mandy's Manga Minute. And now, let's take a minute for the Manga Minute with Mandy. This is Mandy's Manga Minute, where I take a minute to tell you about manga and help you find something new to read. And this one is called Blank Canvas, My So-Called Artist Journey. High schooler Akiko has big plans to become a popular mangaka before she even graduates. She... Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. My cat leapt out of my hand uh, and bumped my mic. Anyways, but she needs to get much better at drawing if she ever wants to reach her goal. 
Looking for an easy fix, she signs up for an art class, thinking all her problems will soon be solved. She's in for a surprise, however. Her new instructor is a bamboo sword-wielding taskmaster who doesn't care about manga one bit. But maybe this unconventional art teacher is just what she needs to realize her dreams. So Blank Canvas is an autobiographical manga written and illustrated by Akiko Higashimura, who is also the author of Princess Jellyfish and Tokyo Tadareba Girls. Um, the series started publi publishing in 2012 for Japan and is five volumes long. There's currently only one volume available in English, but the second will be releasing fairly soon. Um, I love reading up on the backgrounds um, and experiences of famous mangakas and the different things that they have experienced. Um, in Blank Canvas, Akiko starts her story from when she's in high school and continues up until she publishes her first book. And it's really interesting to see how she gains the skills that she has today and um, with her eccentric art teacher applying for colleges and what her attitude was like back then. Uh, Akiko will also periodically comment on her own arrogant behaviors when she was younger. So um, if you're interested in the history of a famous mangaka sprinkled with a little self-deprecating humor, then definitely check this out. Uh, if you have also attended an art school at any point in your life, I also highly recommend it because there are a lot of moments that I feel like we could all relate to. <laughs> But um, also, if you think this book sounds very interesting, you can get it on Bookwalker. And also, if you use our promo code AAPOD, you have to start up a brand new account. But um, if you start up a brand new account and use AAPOD as your promo code, you can get yep. $6 off your first purchase. And they have this book. They have a bunch of other ones that I have done in previous Manga Minutes. They have some that we have done in our Manga Club. So you can go there, check it out. We have a link that has a bunch of different recommendations. I put on our list a bunch of things that I have done minutes on, things that are coming up, things that we have done in Manga Club that are also coming up soon, and things that I think we've all just mentioned over different episodes. Yeah. So. Uh, I'll put that link in our Discord, and Icy is also going to put it on um, our social media accounts. Wonderful. So yeah, and that really helps check us. Check that out as well. I also want to say they, besides like offering previews of a lot of things, they also have like a collection of free chapters, so you can like get a taste of yeah. how the system works. Like the one ones I recommend is called Ping Pong Dash. Have you mm. ever read that? Oh, that was on my list. Yeah. I was going to oh, do that. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about it's it. It's like if you it's take fine. the most masculine, like, Onizuka, Kuwabara, like, Yakuza-esque character. Oh, with, I like, love it. Super Saiyan hair physics with Jojo products applied. I love it. And, love like, it. highly detailed, excruciating <laughs> panels of, like, testosterone and violence displayed through ping pong. Uh, it's pretty cool and stylish. I love, nice. I love me some, some Yakuza boys. Yeah, it. yeah, get on they, it then. Ping pong dash. It's you can read the first chapter for free. So uh, go make an account and yeah. check it out. Now we they do also ha have Finland Saga. Just say, <laughs> and we do, and we do have a page on Bookwalker. But I don't know how, how many people get to our page and have all the recommendations on it. I just mentioned that. But, I said I was going to link it. But the link <laughs> that I see is in our social media. But do you want to say the link? I mean, it's not an easy link, unfortunately. But it's not that. No, it's hard, not. Though. It's not that hard. I mean, if you really want me to say it's global.bookwalker.jp slash select slash 38. But you can also yeah. check out our social media in our Discord. There are links there. Couldn't we have gotten like a book, like a, like a global.bookwalker.jp slash pod? maybe? No. No. <laughs> that wasn't an option. But, sorry. Interesting. All right. That sounds good. So, get, And by the way, you guys, like $6 off a of manga, like 
practically get you that manga for just a couple dollars, you know? So it's it a, depends on the book, but yeah. Well, yeah, but like the average manga is like 10 bucks. So, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're get, you, you can try out this manga that Manny just recommended for just a couple of dollars. So if it jumps out to you and sounds good, check it out. Well, they also and, have uh, like more than just manga. They have like art books and light novels. So like mm-hmm. if you want to read some like Tomihiko Morimi from like the guy who did Eccentric Family and Tatami, they have like Night is Short and Penguin Highway on there. So they got all kinds yeah. of stuff. So don't be like, oh, I don't like manga. This is, doesn't apply to me. They got stuff for everyone. Everybody. Their website also has a list of manga that you can read for free monthly. So I think it, every month it changes, but yeah, it's pretty cool. If this uh, next segment is going to become a regular thing, we're going to have to make a drop for it. So Yeah. We can... Uh, <laughs> I agree. So it's time for Mason's Weekly Waifu slash Waifu Wars. So why yeah. don't we hop to it? <laughs> I, have no, I have no drop, but um, we will, we'll get one made, I guess. Yeah, the, the waifu wars, I think, will uh, come into play once we start getting into shows with plenty to choose from. But yeah, so warm welcome to the weekly waifu wars. Uh, this is the points, a show where the points are made up and the, the dimensions don't matter. Uh, here in August, the theme of the month is still Raven Hair Maidens. So it's, oh, it's where we talk about the best characters with the jet black hair. Uh, this week's waifu is near and dear to my heart, as not only is she from my favorite anime of all time, but to my best estimation is literally what I would be like if I were a female. So this is the legendary <laughs> raven-haired maiden herself. From the, the umbrella. T- exactly. From the Tatami Galaxy, Akashi. Uh, mm-hmm. So you might not want to be reminded of this, but the uh, upcoming school year is mere weeks away. Uh, Even less if you're starting up college and going through freshman orientation, which is why I'm choosing to talk about this now. Uh, So if you are about to or are in college, I'm making it a requirement that you watch this show, uh, (laughs) which is why I'm giving you a few weeks to do it so you can digest it. So, of course, watching this at any point in your life will be worthwhile. But the lessons it teaches you about choice, their outcome, the fulfillment of life and the expectations you might have for it, especially now that you're old enough to have true agency on your opinions, all through like the stylish art style, blistering fast dialogue, uh, endless realms of squishy cake and colorful characters makes uh, the Tatami Galaxy a must watch. I like how. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just I, saying, I like how I like how when Mason recommends an anime, it's like I have a history of being like, oh, you got to watch Crest of the Stars, you have to watch Twelve Kingdoms, and you know, but like when I do it, I'm very like, you know, this is a great anime, you should watch it. Mason's like, this is a this is a damn requirement. Get your ass out there, watch some friggin' Tatami Galaxy. Do it. It's <laughs> you have a two week deadline. <laughs> exactly. You got college coming up. You got to let this sink in. But speaking of the colorful characters, which is where this show. Sh- shines i can't even talk uh talks about akashi which is the waifu so she is clearly living her own independent life she's not Mm -hmm. some female that exists to be around the main character whose success and self-worth is reliant on anyone else she exists within the same world and as such she only appears when it would make sense which breathes a sense of believability where other shows falter by not being like overly pushed as like the romantic pursuit but still bolstering the story beats, she serves an important role in being a compass of consistency in the moments where, if you've seen the show, the other characters and events are at their most turbulent and zany. But to go into why she reigns supreme amongst all the fantastic females that this writer pens, 
uh, is to go into why I connect with her so much. So at risk of sounding a little narcissistic, this character is my being manifested into waifu form. Like on her surface, her aesthetic is exactly what I would wear. Combining the feminine dress with a collared button-up to remain both stylish and mm-hmm. proper, layered with like neutral leggings and jeans with sneakers to reach peak comfort and practicality. Look, when it comes to fan service, I, I tend to think that most characters tend to cover up their personality by uncovering themselves. Get those flashy fa- sacks out of my face and give me a character who has some intellectual value. <laughs> she attends parties and social functions, but mainly as an excuse as an excuse to get some tasty food or ramen. That's what I'm all about. Did you say uh, flashy sacks? Uh, flashy fat sacks. What, uh, are, you t- are we talking about the opi? Talking about my tits. Talking about the, 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 <laughs> the boobs. Give me some of them tiggle bitties. Yeah, you exactly. You, you know, but doesn't the tiggle, so you're... I'm, so, I'm, I'm saying you don't want usually the that's a sign of, of a compromised character who they haven't written a good... A believable person, so they're just making it up with. It seems a little like it's like a little um like uh, what is the word? Discriminatory against the opi. I'm saying you can have a great personality and big. Nice yeah, man, tits. you can have big boobs. Like you, a girl can't help how big her boobs are. I don't disagree, yeah. but in anime, it's usually one or the other. That's boob shaming. It mm, is. That is boob shaming. It is. Well, 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 well my boobs are offended. <laughs> anyway uh akashi she's well read she's athletic she's passionate she's an engineer who works in aerospace that is me uh she's super calculating she's super rational and she deeply values values her promises she's helpful she's friendly and she's accepting to those close to her but she can come off as cool to many so she's got that like ice queen effect going on and doesn't have such doesn't have time for frivolous flings of romance and this is all juxtaposed you ready for it mates are you ready i'm ready i'm waiting with her moe factor she's got the deep-seated fear of moths and and induces adorable reactions and she's got this (laughs) she's got this fondness of these little squishy figures that provides a glimpse of interest into like the weird things she likes it's just like anime she's just like me she's the best to me Oh, she's she isn't drawn Moe, but she's got that little the little quirks that just makes her adorable. Uh, without at the end of the day, though, without getting deep into spoilers, both a both Akashi and the galaxy of tatamis that she exists within are some of the most impactful experiences that I have ever seen within this medium, and are more than worthy of being crowned a worthy waifu. And that's why she's the best. All right, waifu wars, baby. 2019, get at it. Yeah, but my wife who can kick her ass. No, so. we're, we're starting off. Mind. We're starting off easy. Once we start getting into the shows mm. with multiple options, I'm expecting there to be some arguments. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're just we're building. We're laying the groundwork here. That's what this first month is about. I mean, now she goes my wife is so. All right, let's uh let let's get to the main topic here. Kyo Annie yes. is uh you know. Came upon some hard times lately. We're not going to go into it, really. Everybody knows, you know, we've all we all know what's going on with it. But you know, Kimani, it's not like they're gone or anything like that. We're just going to celebrate their, just celebrate what Kimani has done in the past 
so we can look forward to what they've done in the future. How about that? Mm-hmm. And um, why don't we start off by sharing some of our first memories with KyoAnnie? Because the, the studio has been around for a while, so um, you know that goes back to probably all of our teenage years or earlier even. So, yeah. What do you guys got? What are your first memories of KyoAnnie? Uh, I thought Mason was going to go, so I was quiet. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was so, getting a big drink of water after that. Uh. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> There's just a long pause. I'm like, this is awkward. Um, yeah, so my very first KyoAnnie show, but at the time, I didn't know anything about KyoAnnie. I just, it was one of, and there's another one of those anime that we watched while playing Magic the Gathering. <laughs> there's a lot of those in my past, because we would get together every Saturday and play games and put anime on the background. Um, my very first one was uh, Fumofu, Full Metal Panic. And at the time, I didn't know who KyoAnnie was at all. Um, I didn't even really pay attention to studios at all back then. And so it was just a comedy that we put on the background and we would laugh to while playing Magic the Gathering. <laughs> so that was my first experience. And then the first one that I watched knowing that it was KyoAnnie was free. So uh. there is a lot that I, you know, a giant gap between those, but... Yeah, that was uh, my first experience. I rolled through the the key visual arts anime back in the day, and those are my earliest ones. I think Air probably is mm. my earliest one um, because, and I mean, I don't know. It's like my my first interaction with uh, Kiran was like so sad, you know, like Air, Air, Clonade, K- K- uh, Kanon, all these shows. They're like really depressing. There's always something like really terrible happening to some girl. Um, in these anime and but the anime are even back then I, I I remarked you know how like beautiful those shows look so I think you know this is something that Kiwani has sort of carried since it's since its inception and, and that being like really high quality visuals um and uh and then of course it's like Full Metal Panic after that for me but you know I just um and I think those were like my right about right around college time for me which would have been should I date myself let's see probably about 15 years ago when I started in college. So, uh, oh my. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's been around. And you know what? I'm always surprised by how many uh, Q&A shows I've seen. As I go through the list, I've seen most of them. But those uh, Aaron, Kanon, and Clonade are the earliest for me. So, Yeah, like Mitsugi, I also saw my first Kyoto animation work in college, which was Haruhi. But I didn't know it was Kyoto Annie. Like I, I really, I, I think there's a couple. I uh, watched Clanad and then Fumofu before I really got into the studio game. So the first one that I watched with the knowledge of like the in, the studio behind it was uh, Kion. So that's that's a good that's a good Kion's one to good. go Kion's in fun. with that concept of. Kion's fun and made that studio a ton of money. Oh, just tons of money. So, definitely. Mm, so, what what would you guys say that like KyoAnnie means to you overall? Like, what does it mean to your anime, to anime or to you personally? For me, I think that like KyoAnnie is like a corner of sort of a cornerstone of the of the modern industry, and I think that like they're they're clearly known for their high quality, and I'm sure that they're sort of a, a studio that other studios look up to, and they strive to sort of achieve that 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 level of uh, perfection when making their anime and recent works have really made Kyoani very popular and Violet Evergarden being one of those. So 
And, um, you know, being on Netflix really helped that show have a lot of exposure. So to me, Kumani is just like, it's almost like, I don't want to call it a modern day Ghibli because I don't think anything will be Ghibli ever again, but um, it's definitely sort of a, a front runner of the anime industry and one of the most premier sort of, it's a studio that when people see, oh, this anime is done by Kyomani, they will watch the show just because Kyomani doing it and without even knowing <laughs> what the show's about. Pretty so, much. I mean, that's, yeah. that's me. So like, they're super consistent. And even though a lot of their shows, I wouldn't give like a strong recommendation to unless I really know the person. Uh, I always find myself incredibly excited when they announce a new series or work because I know I will be treated to some of the most consistent animation, incredible attention to detail, characters that just like ooze charm and memorability. And most importantly, like all their works contain this indescribable presence of heart and love that's poured into it that you don't get with any other studio. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say. Um, it's such high production values is what I expect going into a QAnnie show. They they put so much work or so much heart and soul into their works. Yeah. Like, um, I think they only release like one thing a year, I think is what they were doing. It's, because, yeah, one, like, two. Yeah, no matter what they get, no matter what title is, you know that they're going to put so much attention into it. They're, it. They are not going to just half-ass anything to just to try and get it, steal a buck from people. It's so much heart and so into all of their characters. There's so much tiny little attention to detail, like Mason was saying, into just the mundane life of just things that everybody has done in their lives or, you know, just like attention to details and like how people move. They're like, they're, they're, um, like sitting positions and very expressive emotions, characters that you feel that they could be real. Um, yeah, I, I love Q80 shows. <laughs> you could give any work to them to be adapted and I would have yeah. full faith that they meet or exceed like my expectations yeah. for it. Let's just give Berserk to them, please. Thank you very much. That would be really weird. <laughs> That'd be great. They would kill it. They you know they would it. do fantastic. I also want to mention I mean, yeah. the, th- the three of us actually went out of our way to see Kyoto Animation's headquarters when we went to the shop like a couple years ago. So we didn't really, I saw pictures. We didn't really go very far out of our way. Um, it was right by the. Uh, it was like a. Thirty-minute trip, yeah. After uh, Fushimi and Ari, yeah, exactly. But is that the headquarters though, or is that just one of their studios? It was just one of um, I don't remember. I know we went to the shop and we went to at least one of the animation houses. That's true. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for those of you that um might try to go on our next Japan trip, we uh, you know, that's we do some pretty cool stuff. So keep that in mind. Yeah. So if you guys have some Kyoani facts written here. Which uh, most of I which did. I did, which most of which I don't know anything about. So I'm kind of uh, curious to to hear more about this. So, roll, I don't know which I don't know which of you dug all this stuff up, but why don't, why don't you just I did hit us with hit me with it. Oh, I just put down some like things about Kyoani that maybe people didn't know. Um, Kyoani actually started in 1981 by a married couple, Yoko and Hideyaki Hata. Um, and when they first started up, their logo that you, if you've ever seen the KyoAni logo, it actually um, resembles the Chinese character for Kyo, which is for Kyoto. And uh, okay. KyoAni also publishes their own novels, manga, and they design characters. For, they have designed characters for other shows. Um, 
And unlike most anime studio or animation studios, Kyoto and um, Kyoto Animation's animators are salaried employees oh, shit, rather really? than freelance workers. Um, they good. also That's produce, nice. yeah, they also produce, market, and sell merchandise in their own store, and they even manage their own school. They have a Kyoto Animation school um, that animators can go to, and uh, there are four main goals that they have turned into their main philosophy. They is uh, make a challenge, do our best, produce required works, and keep our corporate as humanitarian as one as possible. What is the required work, I wonder? That I don't know, because it was translated from Japanese, so I don't know if maybe the translation was kind of bad or poor. I, I don't see. know. It could be like, that could be works that have been, you know, uh, commissioned of the studio to be created or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah like fulfill the contracts up. or something. Yeah, exactly. yeah, maybe. Yeah, I was just looking through a bunch of stuff on QAnny just to see what I could find. I thought that was pretty cool. I like that they have such a strong focus on their employees. I yeah. think um, Kyoani's probably done a lot more stuff than, mo- than most people realize. I think that uh, as, as I look at the list of shows here that they've done, it's pretty extensive. And there's some pretty yeah. big, uh, especially like from years past, there's some pretty big hard-hitting anime here, um, including uh, cl- cl- including Lucky Star, which a lot of people have watched, uh, K-On, which was a huge hit. Uh, free Nietzsche Joel, uh, and I mean, there's just so many. Um, recently, a silent voice, Violet Evergarden, Hebeke Euphonium, Liz and the Bluebird, which came out not that long ago, actually. Um, yeah, that was 2018. The great movie, yeah. Like, there's just and there's so many more. Um, the, the second season of Full Metal Panic, mm-hmm. which is which is a really good season, and Miss Co- Miss Kobayashi's Maid Dragon, Hyoka. Nietzsche Joel. I feel like most of these shows are at least recognizable, and you know yeah. that might be because of the the quality of the visuals and the just the general quality of the work that's behind it. You know, a lot because like I, I, people that watch anime, they're very visual people. I feel like a lot of the time, and when you when you, when they flip something on, like like King's Game or something like that, and it just looks and it just looks terrible. You know, it's not very <laughs> appetizing to the eyes to watch, and. Um, especially when things don't move well. And so, you know, a lot of those shows get like sort of forgotten and people don't watch them, but stuff like Kaon or, or how do you Mia, you know, they're, they get remembered if for nothing else, they're just incredible visuals. And when I think of how do you Mia, I think of like that, that like that scene where the, they're putting on the rock concert. Yeah. The music performance. And it's just like, unbelievably how well, how, how good that whole scene looks. And it's just, just another scene and another like full length anime series, you know, it's not like it is not like it's a movie. You know what Kyoani does so well are dance scenes. Like so many of their anime have like either dances in OPs, EDs, or somewhere in the show. Yeah. And they're always so well done. Like um I was saying Mason just recently watched um Beyond the Boundary, and I mentioned like that has one of the best idol dances that I've seen in anime. It's not even an, an idol show. Yeah, it's in the filler episode. <laughs> so good, yeah. I mean I don't know. I figured we could just run through uh, some of our favorite, either chronologically or. I just you want. threw a bunch of stuff on here just for us to remember everything that they have in their yeah, catalog. Yeah. But we could just talk about what any any kind of any anime that comes to your mind, I guess. Your yeah. favorites. I mean, I guess I I just wanted to talk mainly about what I call like my personal Kyoto animation, like Golden Time, which is like 
2009 from 2011. So in 2009, they did the first season of K-On!, the second season of Haruhi Suzumiya, which has the infamous Endless Eight, which I actually love. All eight episodes. I I know I'm weird, but that's... Did you watch them? Because oh, I yeah. skipped. <laughs> oh, I watched all of them. They were maximum comfort. It's like, I often, I often mm. describe it like, my mom watches a bunch of like Hallmark movies on TV. And I always give her a hard time because all the plot of those movies are the same thing. Like... You've seen one, you've seen them all. But like seeing the same show with the exact same events happen, but are completely redrawn and put a completely different spin on them, despite being so repetitive, just had a sense of like peace and knowing how things would go and seeing like the payoff eventually in the movie was spectacular. So controversial, but I actually really liked it. And then in 2010, you had the second season of K-On!, which is so good. probably my favorite single work that they've done uh then you also have in 2010 the movie of haruhi which is probably the best movie they've ever put out i think i liked it more than koino katachi and it's just an epic i think it's like three plus hours long it's just a massive beast of a film and then in 2011 they did uh nichi joe mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and yeah, so fun show. between kaon haruhi and nichi joe those are probably like some of my three favorite that the studio has done and they just knocked them all out and all of them share crazy good animation both in how things look still frame wise and just how characters move uh band performances i mean it's just the total package across three shows that are pretty wildly different in like the themes and tones but they just they can nail all of them yeah yeah um some of my favorite, I think my favorite is actually Hyoka. Uh, I just, I love the characters in Hyoka. That one is um, about just a bunch of high school kids who solve like tiny mysteries. They're not like solving, solving, you know, like murder mysteries. They're just solving little mysteries around their school. And the main character, um, Hotoro, is just, <laughs> he is so lazy. But he's also kind of like a Sherlock type character where he has like, where he solves uh, mysteries in his mind. And it's really, I really like all the scenes where he's going through all of the different. He's um, a little more apathetic than lazy. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's very apathetic. I mean, he he doesn't want to spend energy on anything. Exactly. Another character, Chitanda, who is uh, the anti Hotoro. (laughs) She is so curious about everything, and that's like her little catchphrase. She just needs to solve every mystery. She's basically me, super hyperactive. (laughs) And so she's always trying to get him to solve mysteries for her, and... uh, of course, then he has to spend his energy doing so. But no, I, I love those characters. <laughs> it's a great duality between like on yeah. one side you get like the mystery show and like looking for clues and that whole appeal. But you also get like the push and pull of characters who fundamentally have completely different desires and interests and yeah. watching them like compromise and play off one another. And I love all of these just tiny things in KyoAni that you see like in the background and just the way people move or just tiny little actions that they do. It's so many, so great attention to detail. Like in Hotoro, I love the scene where, um, because he's so 
lazy. He doesn't want to do anything. He basically just wants to sleep. And uh, there is the school festival that's going on, and they did like a quiz um, game. And his friends are one of his best friends is in the quiz. And when he wins, Walter's just like hanging out the window because he's so lazy, just hanging, just clapping his hands. I love it. <laughs> it's so cute. It's, it's like little tiny moments like that always get me. There's just like, Kiwani just has a kind of magic to it. I just, I love the characters in Kiwani show so much. Kyoto Animation is the only studio that I can think of who can just hold a shot on a characters of like four characters talking, but just show their feet. And you can still yeah. you can still get all the emotion and all like the resonance and response and energy as if it was their faces, just in how their feet yeah. shuffle and bounce and perk up. And there's just the way people move is they capture it better than any other studio. Yep. Because mm-hmm. most studios, I'm not going to say all, <laughs> all other studios, most of them don't put that much attention to their details. The characters move very stiffly and a lot of other there's a lot of anime that I've seen where characters just don't move like real people at all. It's like they have one thing on their mind and that's it. But all of these characters in Kyoani shows, like I like Kaon. Kaon, the girls in that are so expressive and nothing's happening in that anime at all. It's just a bunch of friends that's who right. are just living their high school days. Oh, Kaon's best. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but like... I don't know. I like the way like Yui moves also in that because she's always doing something. Like if she disagrees with something, she has like like this cute like little head like shake, and it's just so ah uh, the classic marshmallow like, bounce. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so like tiny little details in the back. Like it's not even like the focus of what's going on in the scene. It's so great, but um. Another one that I loved was Violet Evergarden, which just recently came out because uh, that one has beautiful storytelling in it as well. There was the one episode, episode 10, makes me cry every time. And that one also has just some very gorgeous moments. It's a very beautiful anime. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure everyone has seen the uh, scene of Violet leaping, like trying to walk on water. That one is just the water, the tension into the water is just so beautiful. Yeah, it's not just the their animation, but their like CG <laughs> and their compositing. Like it all comes together really well. Yeah. Like Mandy mentioned Hoka either earlier. That show mm. looks yes. far better than it had to. There's no reason yeah. they had to go through such lengths, but they did yeah. because they cared and it shows and it just added so much enrichment well, to the show. Well, they're professionals, you know. Yeah, but they could have easily done less they could have easily told the same story with yes. you know one character talking and all the rest of them just static images Stay, and static yeah they close their mouth flap and the next one starts and it's just very stiff direction but they went above and beyond and they do that with yeah. everything and i would even say everything yeah it gets a bad rap i think and a lot of uh like fujiyoshi whatever but the free series Mm-hmm. I I judge a good sports anime on does it make me want to play that sport? And I watched Tree and I wanted to swim and I, I'm terrible at swimming. I had no desire to swim before that. But just seeing these water physics and these boys just zip around, I wanted to get in on that and uh, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. 
My sister and I did that too. We watched Free together. We're like, Pam, let's go swimming. Immediately go to Google Maps. Look up closest pool to me. How much are yeah. swim goggles? I just, it was great. And yes, did it need to go as long as it did? No, but it still looked gorgeous. And the friendship. Yeah. Oh, um, I wouldn't say all of them, but a lot of their shows focus strongly on friendships. And some of them are really beautiful. And they're not like, nothing really strong or impactful might be happening, but you could still feel how strongly the characters uh, feel for each other. Like, they just have so many great interactions. Um, I just actually recently, last week, I watched uh, Lucky Star. Yes. No. It's funny because (laughs) when I first started, too much moe. That Lucky Star is the pinnacle of if you fancy yourself an anime fan and want to like get a show that references just the entire history of the medium. Watch that show and just be inundated with. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They can't predict the future (laughs) quite yet, but they just show so much respect and love for what they're producing within the show that references Haruhi and so much other stuff like gun. It's, it's a joy to watch and there's so many hidden references and yeah, it was funny because when I first started it, first couple episodes, I wasn't that strong on it because I was like, some of the skits are funny, but then some of them I was like kind of zoning out on, but then as it went on, I was like, wow, there's a lot of references in the show. And it's. I think it got better as it went on. And the Lucky channel at the end of each episode is my favorite part. Yeah, Lucky, <laughs> I love the Lucky. Lucky channel is so great. <laughs> in my mind, Lucky Star is like the, the progenitor to Nietzsche Joe. Like, oh, they started off with skits and stuff, but they just didn't have like a crazy animation budget to do it. So eventually they started leaning more on the characters and the references, and that's where... It's like strength lies, but Nietzsche Joe is just raw Sakuga and memes every other minute. Yeah. And it's oh yeah, it's funny when you look at the art style for Nietzsche Joe. You're like, how could they possibly go over the top of the animation? Oh, they do. It's fantastic. Yeah, just <laughs> like just go watch. If you have not seen Nietzsche Joe, just go watch episode one, and you'll get the concept. You know, there's there's not your- much to it beyond that, but. What are your favorite jokes in Ichijo? Honestly, like, I'm just in awe of the, the <laughs> so Sakuga, but my probably my favorite, like, moment is the whole, I'm going to, I don't want to get into spoilers, but there's a, a, like, a fantasy scene that is uh, constructed to explain an event in the show, and you think it's, like, real <laughs> the whole time, and the payoff of what, what, it, about, of what yes. it actually is, is just, like... <laughs> They, those bastards. <laughs> and it went on for so long, too. <laughs> it just committed to it. And at the end, you're like, I'm not even mad. That that was that was good. That was good. What a, I love all of the skits with Nano um, and the professor. And I love the blaming of Sakamoto. It kills me every time. It's like, oh, who? Why are you eating these snacks? Well, they told me I could eat them. Who did? Sakamoto. <laughs> it's like a talking cat. Sakamoto's a talking cat. It's great. I mean, he's always like, what? No, I didn't. After some Nietzsche, like, I know I talked about it earlier, but like the Endless Eight, like the infamous, like, redrawing eight of the same episodes in a row. Name an animation studio that's ballsier than KyoAni for like doing that and like some of the longer skits Nietzsche Joe 
and all like the ending of Lucky Star where they just have some guy like the voice actor <laughs> from the Lucky Channel character just singing these like jaunty oh God, tunes like they just go for it they send it and they take risks and more often than not they pay off with just the charm of them and it's joy the to The Lucky watch. Star I'm sorry did I cut you off I'm sorry Nope, nope. you're good Okay the Lucky Star endings, like, um, it has, it's halfway through onwards, because I think the first half is just the characters singing um, a karaoke together. But the last half, you can just see how much fun these people are having just creating this anime, because they all get together and then they film tiny little, like, comedy skits together at the end of each Lucky Star episode. And you see how much fun and how much passion they have for this. It's so great. Like, there's the one with the voice actor. He's, um, was he dancing or was he doing some kind of, like, martial art routine? He was trying his best. (laughs) He was trying his best, but they put over it, like, a sort of Street Fighter, um, like, overlay where, like, every time he kicked, it was, like, pow, and then it, like, the health bar went down. It was so cute. I'll say it right (laughs) now. Hand to Haruhi. If If you want me to like your piece of work, if I can sense how much fun you had making it, I will enjoy it inherently. Fair enough. Yeah. You can kind of feel it through the medium, you know, it's... Yeah. So, yeah. Kirani is so important to all of us. I think it's just such a seminal sort of studio for me. You know, it's like it laid so many bricks in my anime foundation early on and um without even knowing yeah. i don't think i even know who knew who kyoani was till, till we were podcasting but you know but like before i had even done that you know i'd already seen six or six or seven kyoani shows and yeah i'm sure a pretty big piece of my anime pie graph was was made up of kyoani you know up, up up until the point i got into college you know and it's uh you know you don't even realize it but you know a lot of us kind of owe a lot of our fandom to the studio so yeah, and I'm and I'm sure they're gonna yeah. be back on their feet, like you know, before you know. I believe it. they already went back to work. Yeah, and the GoFundMe that 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 was well, that was created mm-hmm. made a ton of raised a ton of money, um, which will you know you can't replace the loss of life or the you know the broken hearts or, or and or whatnot, but you can you can rebuild the building and you can get more computers and you know and, and that stuff helps too you know in a, in a in a certain way. So um, good on everybody who contributed to that. We have some. Uh, and they, yep. Oh no! So I was just gonna say, and they did accept the donations. A lot of people were, at first, confused. They're like, "Well, they're we don't even know if they're gonna accept them yet." But they did. They opened up their own bank account for um, donations, and I'm sure they're very, very thankful for that. Yeah, something like two point five million dollars were raised. Yeah, which is you know intense. So, mm-hmm. um, we have some responses from social media. We have a whole lot of responses. Leading off with my mother, uh, Mitsuki's mom, when asked what their favorite Kiranny work was, my mother said Air, which I, I already, I already, with a heart, <laughs> I already listed that. Um, I had seen Aww. that. Oh, that's a pretty sad anime. It's like actually kind of heartbreaking. Um, Lauren Beak. I kind of wonder how many of these are going to be the, the key visual art stuff. Um, Lauren, Laurel Beekman says Kanon uh, from, from 2006. And, uh, Laura Ellen says that uh, let's see, their favorite was Clonaut After Story made a huge impact on them, and of course, more recently, Free is uh, you know everyone loves those so and Haruhi as well. What else, guys? 
Uh, Azucena Rodriguez uh, talks about Free and Beyond the Boundary. Uh, Jennifer Miller mentions uh, Free Starting Days, which obviously goes along with Free. Dale Cunningham likes Hyoka. Shout out to uh, <laughs> Mandy. Uh, mm, Christopher Moore goes with Haruhi. James Hill goes with Chinobu. I just want to mention right now, if you like Chinobu and haven't Ch- checked out... Go ahead. Chinibio. Chinibio. Yeah, sorry. Chinibio. And haven't checked out Beyond the Boundary. They're like... Essentially, they made uh, one and we're like, you know what? What if we just made this uh, seriously with the superpowers? Uh <laughs> And it's uh, so check out both of them if you liked one or the other. Yeah, what I like about both of those is it starts off as very lighthearted, like um, and then both of them get very serious at one point. Yeah, I I really like both of them, actually. Agreed. Uh, Um, Go ahead. Oh, Caleb wrote Violet Evergarden. Um, Simon Valentine, Valentine, either one, uh, said K-On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haruhi and Lucky Star. And also Clonad and My Silent man. Voice. Um, Ryan Johnson wrote Clonad, Silent Voice. Um, sorry, I'm not reading these all out. I'm trying to yeah, skip through some of them here. All. Yeah, Sam Cantrell said um, Chunibyo... I think yep. that was it. Yep. Uh, Stephen wrote A Silent Voice, Violet Evergarden, Listen the Blue Bird. John Ronald said Three Way Tie Between Silent Voice, Violet Evergarden, and Sound Euphonium. Oh, Pretty yeah, sound, sound Euphonium <laughs> out there, yeah. 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 So lots of people chiming in here with their uh So their many, favorites. which is yeah. great. I'm not yeah. a... I'm not seeing a lot of love for Tomico Market, which uh, is upsetting. Yeah, I forgot to mention that one. Because it's so fluffy and... Yeah. Adorable. And, and if a you, if sassy you ass bird. A sassy ass bird. And if you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> and it hits some real note, like sad notes, despite its veneer. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good one. And I want to give a shout out to it. Yeah. I love that a lot of QAD shows do that, where it's like, starts out very fluffy, very lighthearted, but almost all of them have a very real moment that you're like, damn, I can relate to this. I mean, I think we don't have to go through all these responses, but I think yeah, the takeaway really- is. Every almost everything they've done is somebody's favorite. Like, yeah. of course, they just have yeah. that level of consistency to them that all their shows are potentially like just a gem. And I think that's why I'm always excited when they announce something because I know I'm going to get that quality. All right, yeah. guys. Well, I'm sure Carrie Annie will be back on their feet before we know it, and they'll be delighting us with their wonderful creations. Uh, you know when they're ready. So. But until then, that's uh, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep waiting patiently for that for that day, and I don't think it'll be that far off. So, all right, someone get us into the news break. We got we got impressions to finish up. I could do this one. So our trivia question, which we will answer after the break, is another Kyoani one. Kyoani is known for incorporating real life places into their backgrounds. Haruhi Suzumiya is set in what location of Japan? If you stick around, we will answer it after the break. Hey everybody, Mitsuki's back one more time, and I'm bringing you even more of your anime news. First up, a very famous anime singer is getting married 
Nagi Yanagi, who made her debut with Supercell as Nagi in the group. She has provided vocals for a lot of different anime series, including Naruto Shippuden's Utakata Hanabi. She's also done themes from Bake Monogatari, Kimi no Shiranai Monogatari, and she's also done works for Waiting in the Summer, My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu, Alala in the Sea, Berserk, Danganronpa, and etc. etc. So very famous, Nagi and Nagi getting married, so we wish her the best. Next up, the very first ever held World Cosplay Summit in 2019 has concluded, and the winners have been announced with first place going to Australia and second and third place going to USA and France, respectively, with the winners from the comp- from the competition doing a very elaborate skit for the fight scene and having some unbelievable cosplays from the game Monster Hunter. So if you're a big fan of Monster Hunter or you're just a general fan of cosplay, you might want to check out the video. It is pretty cool, complete with choreography and even a boss fight. So you're not going to want to miss that. Check that out online. Next up, Weathering With You, Makoto Shinkai's new film, has been out in theaters for a little while now. And it recently sold over the weekend $6.7 million worth of tickets, bringing the grand total of the film to $55.7 million in its first 17 days, leaving it at number one in the Japanese box office. Number three in the box office, interestingly, is Dragon Quest Your Story, the very first 3D CG anime film from the Dragon Quest franchise, coming in at number five with around $3 million US dollars in sales over the weekend bringing its total to what they think will be a pro- is projecting to about 14 million which I guess is what they thought they'd get so they should be happy with that for Dragon Quest and wrapping us up let's see if Nintendo continues to dominate video game sales in Japan and it looks like they indeed do with almost all of the top 10 games sold in Japan being on, on the Nintendo Switch save for number 4 Pro Baseball Spirits 2019 by Konami with number 3 being Tsuri Spirits Nintendo Switch Fire Emblem Three Houses, probably no one's surprised there. And also, to no one's surprise, Super Mario Maker 2. So, that rounding out the top 10. This is Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break. Now it's time to get back to the podcast. Man, Chiaki, I'm so nostalgic for Japan. All I want is some Japanese candy. Or a canned coffee, like the ones I used to have on my way to teach at my schools in Japan. So why don't you go out to a con or something and buy some? The prices at cons are crazy expensive, and nowhere else carries this stuff. Um, Mitsugi, JList.com, duh. Do they sell Japanese snacks? Yeah, they just started a new box service where you can get an awesome box of Japanese snacks without having to sign up for a subscription even. No subscription? Is there stuff good, though? As good as everything else is on JList.com, it's awesome! I know you, Mitsugi, you'll love it. They have everything from anime-themed snacks to melon bread and even seasonal boxes for Halloween and other holidays. That's great! Is it expensive, though? You know, chotakai? No, it's only $2 per item on average. And the deluxe box comes with a free drink item and a $5 JList coupon. Rock on! It figures JList.com would come through for me. I can't wait for my ramune-flavored candies. So go to JList.com forward slash box or the non-adult mirror site JBox.com forward slash box to get yours. Mmm, nom noms. Nom. Hi there, my name is Spike Spencer. I'm the voice of Shinji Akari and many other crazy bastards. 
And I am an anime addict. <laughs>Welcome back to the podcast, episode 484. We're now into the third section of our show where we're going to be doing our wrapping up our impressions from the summer season. Mm-hmm. And we're glad to have you back. We had an intro trivia question. What might the answer to that be? So before we went on break, we asked, Kyoani is known for incorporating real life places into their backgrounds. Haruki Suzumiya is set in what location of Japan? The answer is Nishinomiya. And it's a small town near Kobe. All right. And um, before we get to our impressions, we do have a five-star review. I would like to add that um, we people keep submitting reviews on iTunes, which I am very happy about, and I thank thank all everybody who's done that. But the actual number of written reviews is getting kind of low. So people people are clicking that star rater, which is nice, you know. But um, we need to have written reviews as well so we can read them. So if you were thinking about writing a review and you haven't done it yet or, um, you know, you didn't even know you could, you can go to iTunes and you can uh, drop us a five-star review, write, write us a little nice message, and we'll read it on the podcast for you. Helps people find us on uh, iTunes and makes us look more desirable when, uh, when people are checking out which podcast they want to watch and they see that we have like 550 reviews. They say, holy shit, that's a lot. So... Keep it up, guys. Uh, throw those five-star reviews our way, and we'll make sure to read them for you. And let's get going. It's time for iTunes review. All right. Who wants to read this iTunes review? I can do I can it. can do it. Oh, oh shit. Never mind. Oh, my God. Let's do it together. You got no, this. I'm kidding. So this is <laughs> let's from... Let's do it together. <laughs> oh, my. Dorgia. <laughs> Uh, says, hey guys, I absolutely love your podcast. I listen every week on my way home from work. I just wanted to throw this out there. Can we talk about anime NYC cos anyway, anime NYC's cosplay rules for the con in November? Can't wait to hear what you all have to say about it. I guess I can't do it. I guess I can't read. But anyway, uh, yeah, so <laughs> anime NYC is a relatively new convention. Uh, that takes place in the Javits Center that we actually went to last year, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so I pulled up the cosplay rules. First of all, thank you quickly, for the review. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. They seem pretty... Naked is not a costume. Naked is not a costume. Don't bring in <laughs> props that look like they are actually dangerous. Make it like apparent mm-hmm. that they're not. And uh, wear appropriate stuff. I... I yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I didn't see anything that jumped out at me. No, nothing that'll display any kind of hate group or um, uh, I guess they also said that if you can't wear it on the streets of New York, you probably won't be able to wear it in Anime NYC. So make sure you're covered yeah. up and no wardrobe respect, malfunctions. Respect, respect the con and yourself. But uh, yeah. if you want the opinion of a true expert, because we mentioned earlier, we are not cosplay connoisseurs. Uh, Icy Rose drafted up a full page response to your question. Yeah. So if you want to see that, uh, get on board and you can see it in the document. It's on our show notes, which you can get on our website. 
aaapodcast.com, which is part of, um, if you sign up on the website, you can get that as well. So we, we, we post we post the outline for every episode. This outline is 20 pages long. Mm-hmm. 20. We don't, we, and we're, thank you we're for the review. Around. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank very you much. so much. <laughs> all right, all right let's, let's hop to these impressions. Today, we're going to be doing impressions. Impression time, believe it. All right. We have Yami Shibai, season seven. Bem, Don Machi season two, Tri Knights, and Mo Dao Zushi season two. I'm gonna go ahead and start because I've got two of these. So, and um, it won't t- it won't take me all that long to talk about Yami Shibai. So, it's amazing that this has had seven seasons. To be honest, um, Yami Shibai is the show that has been running. I mean, they've been putting them out like pretty regularly. Forever. Forever, yeah. yeah. And they're very short episodes. They're like a couple minutes long each, and they each tell like a really like a creepy story, like a ghost story, basically. And um, the first the first episode was like about this guy who calls his friend. and He says, "Hey, can you wait at my house? I'm gonna have a package delivered." He's he's like out of town or whatever, and his friend's waiting for him. To uh, is waiting for the package, and the package shows up, and the friend calls, and he's like, oh, great, 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 but there's going to be a couple more. Can you please wait? And he's like, oh, it's annoying, but I'll wait. So the guy's waiting, and all these packages are showing up. And the guy calls back, and he says, you know, when, uh, he's like, when, when are you getting home? And it's like, and the guy's like, what do you mean? Like, I am home. And, like, the way that they portray it, like, like leads you to believe that, like, they've been mailing the guy back to his own house, like, in boxes, basically. So, like, it's creepy. There's some creepy stuff in it um the third episode is about this husband and wife who were unable to have kids and so someone someone makes them a really lifelike doll which the which the wife really creepily like dresses up and puts like the clothing that was intended for their daughter on it and she like talks to it it becomes really weird but like you kind of but then like gradually the two old old people kind of get sick and then they start to die like the man dies and the woman dies and um, and then the doll comes to life afterwards and you, you get the impression that like the doll was sucking the life out of them and like took their life force and became alive. Um, so the little stories are kind of cool. They're, they're interesting, you know, they're, they're creepy. They're not like violent or bloody or anything like that. It's not like, um, like a Junji Ito or anything like that. But the problem with people are going to have with this show is that, and I'm not even kidding you, it is virtually not animated. There is no animation in it. They're still images or like almost like the characters move like they would in South Park. They kind of slide across the screen or kind of bounce, you know. So they literally there's no there's not really any animation in this. And I can see people really being turned off by that. And the art style itself is a little unusual, to be honest. And I, I mean, I think it's fine for what it is because they're just meant to be like these little almost like something you'd watch like, you know, during the commercial break of a during like a late night TV show. So it, it's fine. Um, if you like ghost stories, it might be worth watching for you. But, uh, and you certainly have a lot to pick from because there's like, at this point, a hundred episodes of this. But I'm not, obviously not passing Yami Shibai, um, partially because, I mean, two minute episodes are kind of not worth doing a review on later. And uh, I don't think very many people are going to watch this because of the, just it's the fact of what it is. So, um, yeah, we're gonna fail Yami Shibai, season seven, and uh, you shall not pass. But it's cool if you like ghost stories. You don't really get a lot of that in anime, so check it out if that's what you're into. 
Next up. I'll uh I'll knock out Bem really quick. <coughs> so uh, Bem back me, when I baby. Back when I selected this, all I knew that it had like a Nor vibe and like a slick song playing during the PV. And starting it right up, I got both of those right out of the bat, so I was happy. Like it has this really cool opening that isn't overly flashy, but it's really stylish in the jazzy music and various effects of like parallaxing, stretching the frame, amorphous backgrounds, wispy transitions, and like film reel marks that are all like really well done. So like I I was actually digging the show from the very beginning. Um, so the show on my anime list says that production IG was involved with it, but uh. Don't let the name fool you. This was mainly done by the budget studio Land Q, which have only done one full-length show before this in Sword Guy. And and despite one of the characters literally having the power of water, nothing felt fluid in the animation. For every cool effect that there was, there were two or three atrocious cost-cutting methods. And it was prevalent from episode one, so it's not like they had a budget to, like, make that look good and it fell apart. It was, right off the bat, not that good looking. But anyway, what is this show about? It follows uh, rookie cop Sonia Summers, who gets assigned to the sector, prefecture, whatever, called The Outside. And it's very much the classic new officer with a sense of justice in a society that is morally ambiguous. Uh, cause there's these yokais running around and they act as both the criminals and some of them operators within the police agency with corrupt parties on all sides of the spectrum. So the yokais that are working for quote unquote justice are the titular Bem, Bella and Bello, which oh my are, God. yeah, fun to try to remember, but it's not too hard to just differentiate them. Um, who believe that by saving enough human lives that they will one day become human themselves. And the show seems to be like an episodic uh, mystery of like human to monster interactions with the overall plot progressing through the who, what, how, and why of the protagonists. And honestly, the character development in the show is really solid, and each episode got markedly better as it went on. The character designs are also pretty good, but not so much the monster designs. Like, look, I know these are monsters. They are literal yokai, and they're supposed to look out of place. But these villains were, like, Scooby-Doo-esque. Like, there's <laughs> one that's, like, this Ninja Slayer-esque assassin with, like, an adorable hamster, hamster sidekick. And there's also, like, a buff bowling cyborg Elvis hitman in one of the other episodes. Like, they feel like they're straight out of another series. And hmm. while I can't say that I've seen much humans that turn into monsters, um, like they turn into monsters and then they turn further into monsters. Like their monsters even have a final evolution on top of it, which is kind of interesting. So for reference, this is a like a rebranding of a 26 episode series called Yokai Ningen Ben from like the late 60s. And again in 2006 in a live action of... That's from 2011. So it seems to be just one of those beloved classics in Japan. And actually, one of the songs uh, from the Beck OST is named after the original show. So uh, shout out to my boy Enzo. Um, oh, yeah, he'd be all over that. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's kind of similar. Like, the show hits me in the same way as 
a show I earlier talked about, which was Nakanohito Genome, where it feels like different than a lot of the other shows and a breath of fresh air in that regard. But I don't think many people would enjoy this. And there's so many better shows out there than this that like if you want to give a budget version of Darker Than Black a shot, check it out and give it three episodes because it did get better each time. But unless it really gets better over the next couple of weeks, I don't think I'll be talking about it again. So I don't think it would be worth your time. So I'm going to I'm going to pass it. And by that, I mean, pass it into the graveyard of depth. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Happily ever after. Of course, Elizabeth. What a pile of shit. <laughs> All right. I, lo- I love that so uh, much. That's a great yeah. movie. Dro- Drop Dead Fred is where that comes from. That movie's great. You guys should watch that. <laughs> All right. Next up. So, my the only one that I have this time is Modazushi Season 2. Oh. So- Was the wait worth it? Oh, my yes. God. Did you watch it? No, I was waiting for uh, the next one to come out before, so oh, I could watch them together. Okay. I don't okay. want to steal your thunder in recommending it, so. <laughs> well, I would have been happy to hear what you thought, but it's okay. <laughs> so Monazushi Season 1 I actually talked about in a Hobby Addicts episode. And this is a Chinese anime from Studio GC May Animation and Film, and they also did uh, King's Avatar. So if you think this, these look very similar, the characters look very similar because it's the same studio. But, um, Imagine that. So Modazushi Season 1 came out in 2018. It's based off of a web novel that's pretty long. It's been going on for a while. And um, I first picked it up because it had such great reviews. If you go on Mao, it's like, was at a 9. Now it's at like an 8.6, I think, after it's gotten Damn. more popular. But um, still, yeah, very great reviews for it. And I went into it kind of skeptical and came out extremely happy. So um, Modazushi is steeped in Chinese um, lore, like um, folklore. And it is about these clans known as um, spirit cultivators. And so they are able to cultivate like spiritual energy and use it in um, different ways. And the different um and when i'm sorry when the very first season starts up we meet a character who it just sacrificed himself to bring a spirit into his body and when we meet this this spirit who you know is now possessing his body he's confused he doesn't know why he was brought back and but he sees marks on his arm there's like five different marks and so after he goes to this village that is then attacked by uh, demons and um, he finds out that accident actually accidentally killing somebody he finds out that one of the marks disappeared he's like okay the guy must have wanted me to get revenge for something and then we meet some other cultivators who there who are to bring down these demons and finds out that the person who's possessing him is way and he actually knows these people but we don't know how like the relationship between these he knew them from when he was alive and we find out that he also has the ability to control negative energy so he's known as a demon cultivator and so but he's trying to keep that secret from them so clearly they have a history and then we go actually back in past and go back into the past 13 years but when he was alive and we get to follow up the events up to that moment um but actually no spoilers but modazushi season one ends in a place where we still have a lot of questions we still haven't really uh covered everything that 
you know, all of the questions that were about his past exactly, um, such as like, we don't still don't really know exactly how he died, basically. And um, so but then we find out that there's all of these different clans are not on friendly terms. There's a lot of political intrigue as well. And there are a lot of different um into like not great interactions between the two uh, between all the different clans some of them like Wei and a character named Wang Ji I'm sorry if I pronounce a name incorrectly yeah but um they actually create a very strong bond with each other they're very um like a very brotherly bond uh I see sometimes this is the novel is listed under Shonen Eyes so I don't know if maybe that relationship progresses in the future but Morazushi season one didn't have that so I'm curious to see also where that comes into play uh but it does it does progress does it did you read it <laughs> I I know a little bit yeah okay awesome I'm excited but um so yeah in Moda and at the end it also goes back to the present time where now um uh Wei and Wang Ji have you know seen each other again I'm trying. I'm so trying so hard not to spoil it, because yeah. Modazushi season two jumps right back into the present time, and it introduces more questions. And it brings back from season one. There's something known as the ghost hand that is back. Now we get to figure out what exactly is the ghost hand. It's like a disembodied hand that is killing people, and we get to see a really cool um, a exorcism scene where they're trying to keep the ghost hand down and they're like dueling with musical instruments like because Wei throughout it can play the flute and that he can use his powers through the flutes and Wang Ji is using um, what looks like a koto uh, I don't know what the Chinese equivalent of that name is but it's like the laying down string instrument it's like a zither I don't know what it's called I was just calling a koto because that's what it looks like hmm. but um yeah the animation in Modazushi is fantastic I mean the Art is very, it's such a gorgeous anime. I will say that the studio has some janky CG moments at times, but they're so um, minor that it doesn't really take away from your overall enjoyment of it. And great music. The character, there's something in it for everybody. There's great characters, great interactions, great friendships, and then there is war, you get political intrigue, There's you get a little bit of the, like, fantasy genre in there there's so much and yeah i'm so excited because the very first episode of modazushi season two recently came out again i i will say this was um delayed at first so that's why i didn't think i was going to be able to but it came out last week and i was so happy because i watched it and was just so excited for more so this is a very very easy pass for me and i'm excited to see the rest by the way the I looked it up. The instrument's called oh, a... I just looked it up, too. <laughs> All right, you go ahead, Mason. No, 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 you got it. You took credit. You got it right. Who's going to attempt pronouncing it? It's... it's <laughs> A zither is really close. If you if you type in Chinese zither, it's called a gu zhang. Mm, okay. So that's that's what I got. Oh, so. wait. Awesome. Wait. Wait. Oh! And boom goes the dynamite. All right, so I've got another show here. <clears throat> I've got Don Machi season two, which is was one of uh, Enzo's shows, and I will tell you that I have not seen Don Machi season one. So there's oh, I have. Okay, well, maybe you'll be able to fill in a couple gaps for me here. 
So I can try has Mason. Don't know Mason. I would watch no such thing. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. Right. So, Don Machi season two done by JC Staff. You know, it's a sequel of a fantasy comedy that came out. How, how long ago did the other one come out? Let's see here. Came out. I guess like, 2014, because like, yeah, I guessed like, wrong with Chiro Baco, so I'm assuming everything comes out that year. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not that old. It's not that old. Yeah, it's it's not. It came out in 2015, in April. So it's, um, it's, it's a little hard for me to close the gap, you know, because the show doesn't really... It's not one of those shows where you can just kind of jump in and it doesn't matter. It's not like a Hozuki no Tetsu where the show, you don't have to have followed the prior season. I really feel like it would have helped me a little bit. But I also get the sense that the show doesn't have much going on, sort of. Like, there's not a lot of depth to it, at least from what I saw in season two. Um, it's like there's all these houses that the, all these gods exist, and there are, a lot of them are based after Greek gods. So there's like Hestia is the main one, and then there's Apollo, and there's a whole bunch of others. And they all have like these family, like these houses that basically are made up of people that have like pledged their loyalty to them or whatever. And so like Hestia has a whopping one person and his name is bell cranel and then there's like apollo who has a ton of them he's like a huge family and um it's it's it was really an odd place to jump into the series i think for me because the whole first three episodes is like very awkwardly like apollo is obsessed with with bell and i don't know if this is like does that does that happen in the first season mandy I don't remember. It doesn't he, sound. Doesn't ring a bell. He's obsessed. He's he's obsessed with 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 Bell to the to the extent that he causes like an artificial conflict between the Apollo family and the Hestia family, and they do like this um, like challenge that where they they challenge the, each house they, like challenges each other to a to a battle or whatever, and then there's like a stake. They lay they, they lay down stakes, and of course Apollo's is like I want Bell in my house. Like I want him. And it's very odd. Like, he's very creepy about it. So it's not like, oh, he's a great fighter. I want him because he's powerful. It's more like I'd like to chain him to, to like, oh, to a dungeon and, like, lick him all night. Like, like that's literally how I felt oh. about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's super creepy. It's, like, it's it's actually probably creepier than Hisoka from Hunter x Hunter. I know you, um, we talked about that earlier in the, in the Hobby Addicts. And um, Mason knows what I'm talking about. Hisoka definitely has a thing for Gon, I would say. Yeah. But, like, this is, it's just like that. Apollo, he he wants to he wants to tie Bell to his bed and just lick his feet. Like it's totally weird. Yeah. And and um the whole first three episodes is basically that premise. And and um I think where it left off in the third episode is um more support is is being gathered for House Hestia because she has like no one. Like Apollo has like 20, 30, 40 people at his house, and Hestia has one. So, like, they're obviously not going to be able to win in a fight. And so, like, there's some support gathering for Hestia. But I'm like, like, my thought was, why do I care about this? Like, it just seems so petty. Like, the whole premise of the season is Apollo wants Bell. He wants his feet. Like, I don't know. Like, he doesn't really want his feet, but that's, like, that's the creepy level of his, like, facial expressions and stuff when, he think, when he's talking about it. And it's just, like, the whole first three episodes I watched seemed so trivial um, that... I don't even know what the point was of watching it, to be honest. Like, I get, like, it has a really great score on my anime list. It's an eight. And I'm like, 
but it's got to be people that just watched the first season and are just liking the second season because because it, because it's a continuation and I'm guessing the first one was really popular. So, um, yeah, I, I wish someone could help me out with it. Like, I wish I could have some more sort of points of uh, reference. You know, the uh, the the action is like okay. There's some fight scenes in it, but um, like there's definitely there's definitely way better action shows that you could be watching. Like, there's no doubt about that. And, yeah, I I don't know. I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder if I should go back and watch the first season of uh, Don Machi so I can weigh in on this second season. But, like, even if I did, you know, an episode where, like, an artificial conflict is created and then, like, there's, like, a, a, a ball, basically. And by ball, I mean, like, where people dress up and dance. And there's, like, a ball where there's a lot of, like, just random comedy and then Apollo being creepy and then the third episode is just more Apollo being creepy and then them like starting this like family battle or whatever the hell they called it. And um, yeah, I was not really digging it. You know, I just didn't really uh, get it, I guess. So, Dang. Mandy, what did you think of season one? Like, it was did okay. it leave you it like, like, did you want to watch favorite. more after it? Oh, I didn't even think that they were going to make more of it. <laughs> I mean, would you want to watch more of it kind of thing? Like, were I you don't like, know. It was kind of um, just whatever. I, it had some parts in it that I thought were very interesting because it seems like an isekai, but it's not. It's sort of like in the like um, start sort of delicious in dungeon or dungeon meshi kind of world where it's just it's, a fantasy world. It feels of like trance. a video game, but it's not. This is like the actual world for these people. It's a fantasy, and I thought there were some interesting moments, like when um, Hestia is leveling up Bell. It's through like a tat- like a sort of magical tattoo on his back. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, there was just a lot of fan service, and I know that's just oh, me, yeah. though, my own personal opinion. Bitch. I don't Bitch. really care for it. Oh, but, it's it's almost like uh, it was a detriment. No, <laughs> no this 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 show was this show is gonna fail because it was boring and there was nothing there was no nothing happening like the fact that Hestia has got watched it the fact that Hestia has boobs like was not the reason why this is gonna fail. Um, I don't I'm, remember I'm, Apollo being in the first season. It doesn't okay. ring a bell at all. I mean, how much time do they spend in the? I'm, I'm guessing there's a dungeon because it says it's yeah. anime is called. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? So I'm guessing there's a dungeon. How much of the first anime season? Yeah, there's season... a decent amount of it. All right, because there was like literally no dungeon in the first three episodes of the season. Hmm. I don't even remember if they went in a dungeon. I think they, I think the first five minutes of the first episode started in the dungeon. They were like wrapping something up and then they left and then that was all they did. So And there was no mm. mention of a tattoo on his back at all. He's just, oh. he's still weak as shit in the in this season. So... Like they're they're training him for the for the house battle, but he's clearly useless, and so you know he has to be like trained to even be useful in a fight. So I don't know. I feel like people are gonna hate me because I just talk shit on this anime, and it's like let me see is is this the most watched anime of the season? Let me see here. Just me, just me for my curiosity, real quick. Let's just have a look. The second it's still yeah it's still yeah. Doctor Stone, but the second most watched anime is Don Machi season two, and. uh Oh, wow. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. It sounds like something that you would have to see the first season for. Yeah, I think it's like... If oh. I had a chance to, I would have checked it out. I'm so sorry. I feel bad. No, I mean, you shouldn't. I think it, what happened here Blame is... Blame Enzo. 
This is his fault. Yeah, yeah, Blame Enzo. <laughs> what, ha- what happened here is that like, oh, people loved the first season and then they were like, oh, well, I can tolerate this like really mediocre start to the second season because I still like the characters and then they just keep watching. For me, I'm like, I have no attachment to the characters and nothing is happening. And Apollo is way weird. I wish I had a job that was like, you're a weird, you're a weird mofo, but I don't have that. I need that. Okay. Anyway. Shame. Shouldn't Shame. lick feet, Apollo. Shame. Probably not. Good. <laughs> yeah feet smell they do wear socks people all right don machi's no more we got one more here and it's uh tri nights uh, the rugby show yes so this is another one of enzo's that uh we're, we're taking oh, enzo taking care of yeah so i just want to mention i uh, already talked about my five selections for this season and i only in- ended up passing one of them in O maidens yep but the other four, I really didn't despise. Like, Magical Senpai, if you're looking for a character with that aesthetic, give it an episode. See if you like it. Kanata no Astra had potential in its characters. And I've heard a lot of good things about the manga. Give that two episodes. Nakanohito Genome had some unique takes on the death game genre. Give that two episodes. Bem had a really cool OST and showed improvements in the character dynamics. Uh, maybe give it three episodes. So... Overall, I didn't hate anything that I had to review for the podcast, except for this show. Oh, <laughs> so well, this is done by Studio <laughs> Gonzo, and Studio <laughs> Gonzo has a lot of the same impact on my expectations. Like when I see Studio Dean, like sometimes you get oh. Welcome to the NHK or Gankutsuo or Boku Rano, and sometimes you get this. Because Gonzo is at its their best when they're throwing caution into the wind and, like, trying to be bold. Sometimes just for the sake of being bold. But, like, it makes you step back, rub your eyes, and be like, yeah, this was something different. They went for it. Um, so I usually try to go into shows blind, but I heard rumblings from hashtag our guy, Icy Rose, that he was pretty <laughs> disappointed in this being that, you I know, was there for that. <laughs> rugby is a, I think it's a national sport of uh new zealand I could that be sounds wrong. about right but it's 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 the big thing in that country so you know he was looking t- for some good representation and he was kind of talking about how it was a big letdown and boy was it this is easily the worst thing i've seen not just this season wow. but anything for this podcast worse Whoa. than the price of smiles worse than kenja no maho like it's a different breed of bad like no magical senpai like that just wasn't my aesthetic it happens like damn even even like mandy's like do your do you love your mom and her two hit combo i'm just gonna (laughs) i'm just gonna call it mambo combo number two from now on (laughs) at least that was funny though exactly wow yeah this has a five on mal that's not good yeah like that that thing perhaps had potential but was marred by like offensive writing choices oh my gosh no this show just spectacularly fails in its inadequacy to be competent in anything like it's the most paint by numbers thing i've ever seen so the story is about this spectacularly athletic student who doesn't know how to be athletic and he begs this other brainy student to teach him how to be athletic so that he can be better at rugby we're talking about like entry level like Oh, if I move my legs, I'll run faster. Like, that kind of thing. Like, of course, the brainy student eventually caves and reveals that he once played rugby, but he quit because his body wouldn't grow. Uh, First of all, BS. You just eat more food and you will grow. 
Um, but anyway, so he he decides to join the well, team and lead, lead them to victory and prove that his brains are enough to uh, to get by and his tactics. And I like rugby. Like I was hoping for better quotes than things such as "rugby is for beefcakes like us." End quote. And like it, this show makes it look like rugby is played by like uh, five year olds trying the sport. Like it's just so blocky. And Icy mentioned that perhaps with the upcoming rugby tournament uh, in the Olympics next year, like maybe that's why they're pushing rugby and anime i mean there's also another anime coming out next year in uh it's called number 24 uh so like you know maybe that's part of the thing that you had all out so they're trying to push the rugby thing it seems but at the end of the day i just cannot get over how bad the production is from the characters and shots that like transport locations perspectives like when the cameras flip uh this awful cgi that attempts to like help show anything but it's just unbelievably distracting and there's no reason because they use cgi for then still frame images and it makes no sense there's these cringy like action speed lines and characters that are off model and like they're just being powerpointed dragged across the screen like the only people i could imagine enjoying the show are like desperate fans of like yaoi for like (laughs) Who just want like the most generic, like deadpan, unrealistic idiots that these characters are. I mean, it's it's just ugly, and there's nothing more to say than that. I mean, I would say give this show. That's not f- like an insult. <laughs> Damn, I would yeah, say give this to Fujoshi's. Give this show three minutes of your time, and that will be enough to be to form your opinion on it. Is wow. this the manga came out in 2018? It's only two volumes, and it was in a shojo magazine. So that's probably the demographic for it. Yeah, it's literally if you're just desperate for a yaoi romance, it's the only possible reason you'd watch this show. Besides but you should that, watch Modazushi instead. Well, oh, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm Everyone gonna go. should watch Modazushi. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and just say Japan. Mm, not really that. It's like every time I see a baseball anime from Japan, it's great because the Japan knows baseball, right? They play it. They know it. A lot of the soccer anime are real good because Japan plays a whole lot of soccer. Even basketball, I'm 99% sure, is the number three sport in Japan, even even though I think it's mostly played in like high schools and stuff. Fine. Some of the basketball anime, real good. Japan doesn't know football and they don't know rugby. They just don't. So like I think think about all the I think about all the so, all the, all the uh, football and rugby shows you know. Um the yeah, I, I shield I shield what I shield twenty one or whatever, and then there's this one, and then there was um, all out. They were all bad, and I shield twenty one is like just it's not awful, but it's silly. I don't know, maybe it's just because they just don't know the sport. You know, that could be part of it. Like otherwise, they would be maybe making a serious rugby show. I'm not really sure. I think it's also who the demographic is that's watching these sports shows because recently anime sports shows have been aimed more at the female audience than actual sports fans but it's not it's not just like that that the show was fine and just the rugby looked terrible or they didn't represent it well like it was clearly just a throwaway show that gonzo had to make for some contract or something because no aspect of the show was competently done all right well i guess we'll play the fail drop um i need like a really aggressive fail drop 
for this? Mm. Oh, I'm too old for this shit. Oh, Hopi, I think I'm getting too old for this stuff. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. Will you follow me again? Bum, 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 bum. I'm getting too old for I'm this shit. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> All right, so we have our shoes. So we, nice. we have our passes for the summer season, and they are maidens. Uh, maidens, I, I've written here, maidens of the savage season. Is that right? Oh, maidens in your savage season. Oh, I changed the title there. Oh, maidens in your savage season. How heavy are the dumbbells that you lift? Vinland Saga, of course. Dr. Stone, Given, Copcraft, Dal Zushi, season two. And that's it. So there's one free spot, and it's going to be a retro anime. And that's perfect. I love that we have a retro anime to do. So we will be having two polls coming up. One poll will be for... Listener choice, so you guys can pick a show from the summer season that we didn't pass that can that will be revived, and we will we will cover it anyway in your honor, and then we'll do a retro poll. And I think next week we'll probably talk about what our retro picks, what our retro choices are, just like we did last time, and then there'll be a poll for that as well. And you can, and I'll probably combine them into the same poll, so you can do them both in the at the same place. Um, and then, then that'll cool. round out the eighth and ninth picks for this season. So, um, yeah, I think it's a pretty good selection, you know, other than, uh, the, the Venom Saga is really good. Dumbbell is really fun. Modal Zushi clearly is really good. Um, Dr. Yeah. Do- um, yep. I was, was going to say, definitely that one requires watching season one. Oh. Season oh, one yeah. 16 episodes. It's a very fast watch though. Okay. Um, <laughs> The and other than the horrendous character designs, Dr. Stone looks pretty fun. I saw some pictures that were pretty funny over the weekend of like characters that had like their eyeballs in their ears. Like, I was like, what is going on with this show? Some pretty weird stuff going on, Dr. Stone. But we got some good shows from the summer season that we're going to be covering. Anything else? We do have time to do some quick mailbags. So, you want to just jump to yeah, it? Yeah, these are these are quick little mailbags. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Bag, 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 bag. All right. If you want to submit a mailbag, you go to our website, aaapodcast.com. And actually, along along the top on the mailbag button, there is, those, the button's called mailbags and more because you can submit hentai topic requests, regular podcast topic requests. You can, and amongst all the other things you can do, I also added a retro review request. So, when we put our poll up for retro reviews, you can submit like, oh, it's like, oh, I want you to watch, I don't know, the old devil man or whatever. You can put that on and you can submit that via the mailbag section and then we'll, be, we'll take it into consideration when we're putting up, putting the poll together. So first mailbag is from who? Who, who wants to do the first mailbag? Um, I could do it. It's from Nene, and they write, Been listening since the beginning of this year. Thanks for the great content in your podcast. I'm glad you brought in a retro section, as I wanted to ask a question about some old anime dubs. When I was younger, some animes were known on TV, for example, 3 by 3 Eyes in Megazone 23. I decided to get the DVD, but the dubbing is different and not what I remember them to be. Why is this? Sad face. <laughs> the original voice actor for Yakumo from, um, is that Ice Shield? Is that what it's called? Ice Shield 21. Oh, no, that's never mind. Different fo- anime then. That's the football show. 
okay, three by three eyes, is much more manly than the new one. I'm hoping at some point you might cover these animes in your retro section. Happy face. Well, go to the mailbag <laughs> section and enter three, 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 three by three eyes, which I know very well, in your as your submission, and we'll take that into consideration. I wouldn't mind covering uh, three by three eyes, but I'd kind of like to see your conviction. Like, go in there and make the submission, and like, and like, and uh, move my sell hand. Us, sell us on the sell us on it. Why should yeah. we review it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, I think it's called Sazan eyes. I think that's the way to pronounce oh, it. Oh, okay. I was trying to figure out how you're supposed to say it because uh, I always see it in like, writing, but it's never like Hunter hear anyone Hunter. talk about it. Three three eyes. <laughs> the X is silent. <laughs> no, it's Sazan eyes. Sazan eyes. Okay, thank you. Yep. Um, I said there's a lot of different possibilities for why this can happen. Um, like for example, original copies may have been destroyed because they're so old or technical difficulties that went along with it. Um, trans- changes to translation, of course. Um, sound effects, if they added in different sound effects, they may have conflicted with what, with the original audio tracks. And of course, there's also the, uh, the possibility that the original license owner may have never purchased that license back from the first publisher. So they had to start all over when re-releasing it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think, yeah, I, as I think it's been covered, you know, I think it's mostly licensing issues, so. Uh, which is which is to me is a waste of time and money, you know. Like, why? Just it's almost like a, just a terrible duplication of effort in my book. Well, if you want to re-release it on Blu-ray, and the first publisher didn't sell the rights back to the license owner, then they have to start all over because then they own the uh, the rights to those voice actors, and you can't use them again. So you've oh, I got totally, to start all over. I totally get it, but they should just find a way to not have that issue occur, so that they cannot waste a ton, a ton of money on you know something that's already been done. Potentially just fine, you know. I don't know. I get I get what you're saying. I just think that it's, it seems like a, if if that's the case, it seems like an issue where they ought to figure out how to get around that. I don't know, but it's probably not really something that they really care about. So. Um, next mailbag is from Mexican-Canadian, who writes, Now that Cosmo is gone, I have no incentive to write many extra mailbags with outrageous names on them. You know, like <laughs> Punch My Beaver or Carpet Shaver. Oh, well, <laughs> now we know who you are. You've outed yourself. So, anyway, I wanted to say to Enzo and Mandy, thank you for making my anime addiction worse. Well, I guess you're just saying you're it. Welcome. I guess it's just Mandy you're saying it to. You can, you can also consume <laughs> Enzo's praise as well. However, uh-oh. However, to Mitsugi, oh boy. Here, I'll, I'll read this so it doesn't sound too odd. Okay. However, to Mitsugi, I want to say, since episode 350, when I became a listener, it was clear to me that you were the anchor point of the podcast. Oh, and you still oh are. Always there, always present, always leading the way, always invested on your craft and fans, always pantsless. I added that last one in there. Thanks. The, that is commendable, and I do thank you for that. You could be doing anything on your Sunday, yet here you are for us. What can I say but long live the Pope Mitsugi. Oh, shit. I'm just kidding. We're not going to have a rant or anything. <laughs> but um, I will say that even though uh, I have been here almost every Sunday for my half my life, um, you guys have been really helpful the last couple of weeks on the outline and stuff. So I got to thank you guys. 
for stepping up. Just last couple weeks? Hold on. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> I do a shit ton of work. A, it was just a couple weeks for me, you know? In recent memory, a lot more effort has been putting has been put forth on the podcast from all parties. And awesome. um, and it's been very appreciated, which, you know, he's like, oh, I wake up on Sunday and I'm like, oh, shit, I slept in. Or, oh, shit, I was really busy over the weekend and I just didn't have time to get it all done. And then I look at the outline and it's like, boom, Mason and Mandy bust out this massive outline. And I didn't do much of it. So... Very, very <laughs> thankful for that. You guys are, you guys are great. So I don't want to leave you guys no out. I don't want to leave you guys out of the out of the praise circle, and especially uh, Mason, who got no praise in this mailbag. So you know, you just, when you join after a lot of things get written, the people have have yet to sing my praise. But I'm hoping that, to change that, that that day. That day will come <laughs> for you too, my son. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, again, um, thank you for listening to the podcast. We've, we've, believe it or not, we've run out of content, and that's a shitload of content we just did. So, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, wow. It's, uh, that's, that's a, that's the actual podcast outline itself is 15 pages of type. And then we're not talking about pictures and spaces here. Not really. So, um, a lot of content. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I thought this was a really great episode, actually. Um, Big time, big time, happy about it. If again, if you wanna, if you wanna join our our ranks and help out the podcast, you can go to our website aaapodcast.com/slash/join. In addition to submitting mailbags and uh, checking out our reviews that we've done, you can also join um, join us and you can throw a couple bucks our way, and we will send you our hentai episodes, our hobby addicts, and our after parties. We do eight of these a month, of around eight a month total. And we have over 500 of these sitting on the website for you. So it's mm-hmm. like you throw us a couple bucks and you will have more hentai podcasts to listen to <laughs> than your perverted mind can handle, more hobbies and more. Mandy will, Mandy will, 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 will do the, the best and worst service for you imaginable. And that is you will have so many video game recommendations from the hobby addicts that you will, <laughs> you will spend all of your money, all of it. You're, yeah. you're broke, but you'll have so I much fun. Shit. You have so much fun. Today and, I talked um, about Shadow Tactics. So if you want to hear about that and learn, possibly buy it, check out our Hobby Addicts. <laughs> and and you just, I almost did. And you just never know what uh, what Enzo and Mason are going to bring to the table there. So um, we're going to be doing an after party following this, so you can get that as well. Um, I know Mason, you don't have social media, not yet at least. But um, Mandy, we don't oh, no. throw, throw out your social. <laughs> you don't, yeah. Do you want to, do you want to throw out your social media, Mandy? Yeah, it's AAA underscore Mandy with an I. And that is at Twitter. And you can come listen to me talk about nerd shit. That's right. Nerd <laughs> shit. And don't forget to uh, check us out on Bookwalker with the yes, code AAAPod. This is our first time working with them. And, you know, we want to we wanna show what we got. It's and what helping you guys are manga minute for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're going to track these numbers. So if you could just go to Bookwalker and use our AAAPod code, we'll look, we'll look good. And, you know, maybe they'll keep us around. So that would be helpful. So... And, again, and I'd also like to say to push new accounts. New accounts, you have be to a make new a new one. account on there. And yeah. uh, of course, don't forget the Discord. You can join all our clubs and and uh, tell tell your friends about the podcast. So lots of and that's enough self promotion for now. We'll see you guys next week on the podcast where we're going to be uh, reviewing Boogie Pop and others. So look forward to that. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace out, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>